Welcome to the Present Fathers Podcast. This is the show that focuses on climbing the mountain of fatherhood together. We believe that dads matter. That's why this show is for you. So gear up, dads. Get ready. It's time to start climbing. Hey, everyone. How's it going? My name is George. This is the Present Fathers Podcast. I am joined with Justin, Dustin, and Brandon, the standard crew. And tonight we have two special guests. Uh, the first is Jeremy Harrell, who is our first ever guest on the show, and now he is the first <laughs> repeat guest on the show. So we're super pumped to have Jeremy back. And he's also joined by uh, his partner in crime at Veterans Club, uh, Ronnie Knuckles. And uh, Ronnie is the chief operating officer at Veterans Club. Uh, so let's dive in. Ronnie, introduce yourself. You're, you're the newest guest. You're the newest member of the show, and uh, we're really thrilled you're here. And uh, our discussion tonight will be uh, kind of talking about our culture and how we as dads can play uh, a positive impact on that. But let's kick it over to Ronnie, let's hear from you, and then uh, we'll kind of open it up from there. Yeah, well, nice to meet you guys. First of all, thank you for having me on, inviting me on. Uh, it's great to be here. So uh, as you mentioned, my name is Ronnie Knuckles. I'm a, I'm a Marine Corps veteran. I kind of started my professional career there uh, and served a few tours in Afghanistan um, with 5th Battalion, 11th Marines. Um, following that, I, I got out got a vocational diploma and a, a bachelor's degree and still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Wound up in industrial maintenance, um, became an industrial maintenance supervisor, uh, which eventually led into becoming an engineering manager. Um, during that time, I had kind of started some side businesses, um, one of them being junk removal, a junk removal business called Sergeant Junket, uh, which is like if you're familiar with 1-800-GOT-JUNK, we're a local competitor to them. And through that business is how I kind of got connected with Veterans Club. Um, we did some disaster relief in Louisiana, actually, following Hurricane Laura. We sent crews down. Veterans Club partnered with us in that, sending supplies and people down. Uh, and then from there, we just kind of started to build this relationship. We did some disaster relief in western Kentucky. We had uh, some major tornadoes come through in 2021. And, uh, and then Jeremy kind of snuck in an invite to be on the board uh, during that trip. And... Uh, you know, uh, God was good and I got on the board and uh, and, and that kind of turned into me becoming the COO recently uh, this past month, actually. So uh, that's kind of my professional background. I'm a, I'm a dad. I have a wife. We've been married for uh, about eight years now. And then I've got three kids. I've got uh, my oldest is five, Owen, and my middle is four, Hudson, and my youngest is two, Emerson. So I've got three under five in the house. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, if I tilted, say my you're a brave man. Down, if I tilted my camera down on this computer, you would be able to see all of the uh, toys surrounding me right now. So, uh, it's it's fun. It's crazy at times, but uh, yeah, man. So so that's kind of me and, and my background. Awesome. Well, Ronnie, we are. I think we're getting an echo here. Hang on. All right, test. We're getting an echo. Okay. Not sure how we're getting an echo, but anyway, we're all good now. Um, so, Ronnie, we are very thrilled that you're here. Thank you for joining. And uh, I'm glad Jeremy kind of plucked you and, and got you involved with his organization. Uh, Jeremy, can you give us an update on how things have been for Veterans Club and uh, what's new? I think I saw on Instagram you guys have a new, uh, I don't know if service is the right thing to call it, but uh, a new program coming out very, yeah. very soon. So, give us an update on all things Veterans Club. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you all uh, for having me on again. I mean, I, I really do love this platform. I, I love what you all are doing. Uh, and not just not just a guest, but a fan. So just just thanks for that. But yeah, we've been really busy since the last time we talked. And, and you mentioned it's been about seven months. And I, it seems like a couple of weeks ago, to be honest. That's just kind of how life 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 goes. But uh, yeah, we're getting ready to start, you know, obviously talent acquisition, right? Uh, when, when I worked with with Ronnie on the Western Kentucky flood relief project, man, he didn't know it, but he was being evaluated the whole time. Right. Cause that's just, uh, that's what a good recruiter, uh, and a, and a, and a good, and a good leader does. And, and so, I mean, he just, his leadership, his passion, especially his passion to serve his passion for Christ, you know, uh, it, it's, that's not something you find all the time, to be honest. I mean, you can teach somebody anything, but you can't necessarily teach passion. And so, uh, when I realized he wanted to serve and help people, I knew that he'd be a good fit for what we're doing. So I'm glad he's there. Um, it's it's helping me tremendously because we're growing so quickly. Uh, just like you said, George, we're, we're getting ready to start uh, what I consider, you know, I have a biased opinion, a, a really cool program called The Resilient Mind. And what we're trying to do is, you know, we've been so laser focused on working with veterans and first responders who have dealt with a lot of stuff, right? Whether it be, you know, PTSD, divorce, um, you know, other life challenges. Um, and we, we've, we've been really effective at doing that. Uh, but what we wanted to do next was take those folks who have overcome things, right, who, who have got on the other side of the stuff, but, you know, had dreams and ambitions of things they wanted to do before all that come into play. We want to ask them, you know, now that they're on the other side of these things and are able to to still do life and say, what is it that you wanted to do? You know, and, and many of them like, well, I wanted to be a business owner. Or I wanted to be, or I want to be a better father or a better mother, or, you know, it could be anything, whatever it looks like for them to level up. We want to help get them there. Right. So not only do we want to help them get out of that dark hole, that, that's that, that really, you know, troubled time and, and overcome challenges. We want to take them to the next level once they do, because, you know, I, I just think there's there's nothing more empowering than to, you know, be in the darkness, come out of the darkness, use that as a tool in order to be successful uh, on whatever level they want to be. So the Resilient Mind program will be built off of discipline. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we finish, well, we will finish tomorrow, the 75 Hard program. It's a, it's a program designed by, you know, Andy Frazella uh, from First Form. Um, it's, it is what it is, right? It's 75 and it is hard. So it's 75 days of doing two workouts, you know, two 45-minute workouts. They must be three hours apart. One must be outdoors regardless of elements. You have to read 10 pages of a nonfiction uh, book each day. You can't use an audio book, right, because efficiency is not what we're trying to do here. Um, you have to choose some sort of diet, you know, something that kind of makes you suffer. And then, uh, you know, you have to, uh, you know, take a progress picture of yourself. You don't have to share that with anybody. Um, and then no alcohol, right? So, um, you know, like we're on 74. And the reason why we wanted to do this, this will be part of the curriculum for the program that we developed, because we believe that, you know, uh, in order to overcome challenges, you, you need to be disciplined. Uh, motivation just simply isn't enough, right? It's a fleeting emotion. You know, we're not always motivated, but we always still have to go out and put one foot in front of the other and do the best for our families. Uh, and we're trying to instill that in, into the uh, folks who are participating in this program. And we believe that if we can help these folks become comfortable in, in suffering, right, um, that nothing else will be able to, sh to rock them in their life. 
if they can find, if they can really find joy, like, like we're told to do in, in scripture, uh, in the midst of trial and tribulation, what, what can happen to them, right? What is it that, that the enemy can do? So, you know, we're working, you know, a lot of it's faith-based obviously that's what we are faith-based organization, but we're really just trying to create an opportunity where veterans can level up. So, um, we've done good at bringing them out of that dark place, getting them stabilized, getting them, uh, you know, back into society, however they see fit, getting them connected with their families, restoring families, all that good stuff. But now we want to help them get to the, where they dreamed of being uh, before all this stuff happened. So uh, that's the newest program. But again, we have seven other nationally recognized programs. You know, our equine program is probably what we're most known around the country for. And that's still going strong. Uh, we're continuing to expand. Um, you know, to different agencies and things like that. So everything that we've been doing, we're still doing, but it's it's on a it's on a larger scale now. We're starting to uh, to go across the country and talk to uh, folks who want to partner or recreate uh, like a chapter of what we have here in other states. And and so it's it's been it's been a a heck of a ride, man. And it's it, it's I'm never going to complain about having too much to do. Uh, but I'm just you know I just sometimes you know pray and say God, I don't know who you think I am. But uh, but you're you're bringing it right. You're bringing a lot of opportunity, but uh, it's all good stuff. And uh, just glad to have Ronnie in there to help, you know, uh, run the ship, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, everything's good, man. Just uh, just growing every day and and doing the things. You know, we helped over twenty three hundred veterans last year um, in, in one way, shape or form. Uh, and so we're really proud of that number. I, I mean, over the course of, you know, um, five, almost six years, we've helped you know, thousands and thousands of veterans all around the country. And, and uh, we just want to continue to grow that number. We want to continue to reach as many people as possible. And uh, yeah, just glad to be on the show. Glad to be talking to you all and, and get to talk about what it's like to to be a dad these days and and, uh, and all that good stuff. So thanks, man, for uh, inviting me on. Yeah, of course. Uh, we're obviously super thrilled to have you back. And uh, man, 2,300, that's a lot of people in one year. <laughs> so yes. that's pretty yes. impressive. And uh this this new program sounds awesome too. So uh, I think Justin had a question about you're you're at the end now of this seventy five day challenge. What are some of your personal <laughs> results? Man, man. So um, this this question I've been I've been thinking about you know uh, for several weeks. Well, one one thing I can tell you for sure is I'm I'm twenty six pounds down. Um, so that that's I mean I'm pretty excited about that. Man, it's really I should know this. I think we all kind of intellectually know it, but it's amazing how much difference that is and how you feel, you know, when you think about 26 pounds, it's like a, a, a smaller, you know, dumbbell in the gym. But, uh, but when you take that off your joints and your back and your hips and, you know, 42 years old, you, you take that off the table and you just almost feel like a brand new man. So, you know, that's definitely a positive, um, a positive, you know, result of this program. And, and additionally, it has forced me to read more, which uh, which I didn't necessarily do, uh, although I do love to read. Uh, I would go when I when I serve at Mighty Oaks. Uh, I still serve there as a team leader. And when I would go there, you know, the guys are talking about all these books they're reading, right? And so I'd look at them and go, "How do y'all have time to read books? Like, how do you read five books in six months? Like, how do you do that?" And uh, and they're like, "Well, I'm glad you asked because we need to sit down and talk about that." But it really forced me to read. And not only did I read, you know, other, other, you know, non faith-based books about leadership, but I, I was in the word more. Um, and it, and it, man, I can't even tell you the impact that it's had on me. Um, and just when you think like, if you would have asked me 75 days ago, 
whether or not I felt like I was in the word enough, I would have said, yeah, I think so. But man, I don't know that we're ever in the word enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, I think if we ever think we are, I think we're kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of deceiving ourselves because when you hang out and camp out in the word, life is just different. And you're just always armed with these, you know, with the defense against our common enemy out there, man. So, um, so yeah, that's another, another good thing about it. And, and, uh, and of course, you know, my, my gut health, when you're not eating, you know, junk constantly on the run, um, you know, my gut health has been better things that I thought I had wrong that, uh, that wasn't being diagnosed as far as GI goes went away. Um, uh, you know, it, um, also, you know, what is what's the word I'm trying to think of here? Um, inflammation. Right. That, that fancy word inflammation. I had a lot of that. Right. My joints and stuff that went away, too. So, um, yeah, man, just a really, really good program. I think it's really going to be beneficial for a lot of folks out there. Um, and, you know, I, I really believed uh, and this may have been a little bit, you know, sometimes I think we can think we're better than we are in a lot of ways. But I thought, well, I don't really need this. I don't really have a problem with discipline. And it wasn't the discipline that I needed, but it was all the other things, right? Um, it, was, it was more time in the word. It was more time management uh, because you got to factor in a couple extra hours of your day because um, you got two workouts and you got to do that on top of being a dad and, you know, on top of doing, you know, your stuff with your job, your career. Uh, so it really makes you, you know, think about, wait a minute, I'm scrolling on TikTok here too long, right? Like I don't have time for this. It's, and it just really kind of creates a good opportunity for you to get off of those things and focus on stuff that's productive. So I have nothing but good things to say about it. I'm glad I did it. I don't need to do it twice, to be honest. And it's not because it's hard. It's, I, I think I've learned. I'm, 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 I'm very proud that I learned the first time on most things, right? Not all things, but uh, especially in the dad realm. But as far as this goes, I think uh, my military background has helped me, uh, you know, pretty much catch on quickly. But yeah, great, great program, man. I, I can't wait to see what it does in the lives of others who do it. Awesome. Ronnie, did you do it too? Yeah. So this is my uh, third time around doing it. Um, first time I, I failed at about day 56 and had to start back over. Uh, second time I finished it. And um, this last time here, I'll be finishing. I'm down about 43 pounds total from first go around uh, into the end of the third, the third go around here. So I may try to do the full year long program. Uh, we'll see that the rest of the phases are, are only 30 day increments. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. They are punishing. They are more punishing as you progress through the program. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes and running the resilient mind, uh, program that we're going to roll out. So anyway, yeah, it, it, it's to Jeremy's point, <clears throat> I don't have anything to prove now. Uh, you know, I've proved to myself I could do it. So we'll see how it goes with the, the rest of the program. So. That's awesome. awesome. The yeah. the good habits that you you develop, like you know that the good things that you 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 want to do or you need to do, um, they take effort. And I think the greatest mm. thing about these kind of uh, programs is that it pushes you to to make uh, enough self care for that effort, you know. And then once you realize the benefits, you kind of incorporate it moving forward, even though you're not. Um, maybe doing it as hard as a 75 hard, uh, you know, after those 75 days, you might still be incorporating, Hey, eating healthier makes me feel better. Or, you know, uh, diving into the word makes me feel more connected, you know, and that kind of thing. So like, those are the kind of things I've heard. And I, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it's almost like when you're, you know, in baseball and you're swinging that bat with the weight on it 
and it's super yeah. heavy. And then you go up to the bat with nothing on it. And you feel like you could just knock something out of the universe. So I feel like that's the same way with the 75 hard. I've actually kind of been forced into doing it myself uh, just because of my health. Oh, okay. So my yeah, cholesterol is yeah. a, a complete dumpster fire. So I've, I've incorporated a lot of exercise and, and good eating. But, but either way, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. You know, one, one other takeaway, man, is that, um, you know, I, I kept, there were times through this process, as you can imagine, where I would get, you know, pretty frustrated, not because of the, the difficulty, but there were certain instances where I thought it was kind of annoying, right? Because, you know, I, you know I've, been, I've been running Veterans Club for almost six years, man. I've I just been doing it. I haven't been, you know, paid to do that. And I've spent probably over 400 days over the, you know, the past six years on the weekends doing it. And so discipline hasn't ever been a, a real thing. But one thing that I noticed is that um, this program forced me to think about myself, right? And uh, I think a lot of times as men and fathers, we put ourselves on the back burner, right? Uh, because we just believe that it's our duty really to uh, to kind of be sacrificing, sacrificial for our families. And, and, and that's a really noble thing. But but what I learned is you can do both, right? If, if you put enough effort into it, if you if you get off the phone and quit scrolling and quit getting lost in reels um, and, and you really start to focus on your life, you can actually do both because I would, I, that was always the trade-off for me. I'd go, I'm not worried about me. I just want to do these things for people, right? God calls me to to serve. He calls me to to go out and, and, and spread the gospel and share the gospel and do those things. And who cares about me? Right. And so, uh, and I think the military had a little bit to do with that too, because it's never about us. It's about a team. Um, so, uh, but in reality, you know, people would tell me, you know, over the course of several years, like, you, you know, you have to take care of you before you can take care. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard it a thousand times. I think we're all in the same boat. Uh, but what it did is it, it really forced me to take care of myself and I wasn't used to that. So it was, it was almost frustrating at times because it's like, I don't, I don't really care about working out twice. Like I have so much to do. I have to get these programs running. I have to go to these meetings. I have to do all these presentations, whatever it is, prepare for speaking engagements. Uh, and I'm filming three documentaries right now. Uh, so all that kind of stuff. Um, but man, I, I do appreciate now that I really you know, gave myself those two hours a day, essentially, to just focus on my health. So uh, it was a real eye opener in the way that that um, sometimes we believe in society will sometimes make us believe that it's not about us, that we shouldn't think about us, that we should think about others. And, and that's partly true. But again, you know, if, if we're not healthy, then we're not going to be healthy to help anybody else be healthy. So uh, I think that was the biggest like takeaway and, and eye opening thing for me is that, you know, it, it's OK. Don't feel guilty about taking care of you. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Hey, we got a comment from the Rack Talk podcast for those only listening later on Spotify. Uh, Denzel Washington said, dreams without goals are just dreams and they ultimately fuel disappointment. Goals on the road to achievement cannot be achieved without discipline and consistency. It's a really good quote. And I think that ties in pretty well to what you were just saying there, Jeremy, about, <laughs> you know, I love to say, you know, where motivation ends, that's where discipline begins because, yes. you know, on the on the good days, it's really easy to be an, a rock star, right? But it's it's in your rough <laughs> days is when you have to like really buckle down and that discipline has to take over. So, uh, yeah. thanks for the comment. Appreciate the input uh, from the Peanut Gallery, and that was a really good one right there um, <laughs> for those just listening. So, I think uh, Dustin, you were still driving home, so welcome back to the show in person now uh, on camera. And I think you had uh, a thought or a question you wanted to bring up 
kind of diving in now to the meat of our discussion about culture, uh, something to do with ableism. So why don't you take it away? Yeah, absolutely. How's my mic? Okay. Yeah, you're a little low. I'll turn you up, but just okay. go ahead and keep ripping it. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Jeremy, Ronnie. Great to meet you both. I'm excited to chat. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, nice yeah. to meet you, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the big things my wife is always telling me, stop being a martyr. Because I'll do the same thing you said. I'll say, oh, yeah. you know, I don't need to take care of myself. I'm just a guy. And that's absolutely incorrect. You know, if, if you're yeah. not firing on all cylinders, you can't help your kids. You can't help your wife. So that's, uh, you know, it's it's selfish not to, t to take care of yourself, I think, you know, ironically. Right. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I've been hearing so much um, about healthy at any weight, right? So it doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter what you weigh. Um you know, as long as you're happy and healthy, like that, that's kind of what matters. Um, and yeah. obviously, you know, we kind of all know that that's not really realistic, right? I mean, you're just less healthy at, you know, 500 pounds than you are at 200, right? So right. how would you address um, that kind of part of the culture war that's, that it's ableist or that it's um, saying something hurtful towards somebody who's uh, 300 pounds to say, hey, uh, if you get down to 250 pounds, you're going to feel better. That's the best way to attack your health. Um, you know, it seems like an obvious thing, but it's not anymore. Right. So how would you address that? Is that, yeah. So, you know, from my perspective, you know, everything is about delivery. I believe, you know, you, whether, however you deliver that message will determine whether or not you're, you know, you're, you're being abrasive or, or you're really trying to be helpful. You know, the, the reality is, is I think that we need to use our own experience. Uh, I mean, you know, Ronnie just talked about losing 43 pounds since he's been kind of going back and forth on this program. And although, and really, to be honest, and Andy Frazella says it's not actually a weight loss program, but it is just a side effect of all the working out with no days off. But I will tell you, like, just for me at, at 26 pounds, it's a world of difference. And uh, and here's the deal. It wasn't until, um, and I'm still not where I want to be, just to be clear, but it wasn't until um, I was really, you know, where I, I would literally try to put shoes on, man, and lose lose breath, right? Uh, that's when it was really like, okay, there, this is a problem. And, uh, and you know, I would have loved, see, in the position I'm in, a lot of people, uh, to be frank and honest, tell me what I want to hear. And there's not a whole lot of people that tell me what I need to hear. And uh, I need men around me um, who will do that for me uh, because I need that, right? And so, um, you know, my hope is that I would always want someone to be real and honest with me. Um, and, and because I think that's what brotherhood is. I think that's what uh, accountability, I said, I don't think there's brotherhood without accountability, but that's how I would go about it. If someone was kind of, you know, and, I, and I've, I've said it uh, even as of late, um, listen, work out with me, you know, let's go together. We're all in this together. Like I'm not where I want to be. You're obviously not where you want to be, but together we can, we can keep each other accountable. We can keep each other, you know, moving every day. Ronnie and I, we talk not just at, at work, but we talk, to get, you know, all the time because man, any, any, we're weak, right? Let's face it. Like we think, you know, we may have done some really incredible things in our life and yes, we may be able to bench a, a Buick or whatever, but the reality is we're kind of weak people. Right. And so there's times where I had, I'd have to call, you know, I'd call Ronnie and say, man, I'm, I don't know that I'm going to do tomorrow. Like, I just don't know there's a point in it. Right. And he would, he would check me. No, no, man, listen, we, we, you said you would do this, right. Be a man of your word, be a man of action. And, uh, and I needed that, man. And, and, and we as men need that, but we don't want it all the time. It's, it's weird. It's like we know we need it, but then we get offended and our pride and ego get in the way and then we don't like it. Um, I just think we, we got to realize that, that we all, it's not an option to have brotherhood. It's not an option to be accountable to each other. It is absolutely mandatory that we do that if we're going to be 
the best version of ourself for who we are, for Christ and for our families. And so I think that the, the way I would go about doing that is just, Hey, let's, let's, uh, let's go, let's go hit a workout together, you know, and try to, and try to hope, you know, talk through that as we work out together. I think it's easier to do that than if you went to, let's say McDonald's, right. Um, and talk about someone needing to probably drop <laughs> a few pounds. But if you go to the gym and do that, I think it's a little better, but it's all under delivery in my opinion. Yeah. We had a, to that point, we had a guest, uh, recently and he said, um, you know, relationship is where you can kind of cross those boundaries. Right. So, um, yeah. you know, to a random stranger, it's, it's pretty hard to, to have a difficult conversation, but you know, so that I think that just doubles down on what you were saying about brotherhood is absolutely essential to having accountability. Cause otherwise you're going to just have people tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. So, uh, yeah. You know, I'm thankful for these guys here because, you know, just actually before we started, Brandon was holding me accountable. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's you, you got to have it in your life. You got to have other guys uh, pushing you to be better. So, Ronnie, what about you? What do you think, um, you know, kind of on this ableist or, you know, maybe fat shaming or whatever the, the, the words are today? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's really about, you know, our goal is to lead by example. And so, you know, from my perspective, we need to do what's healthy for us. And I think we can bring people along and they're, they'll see our journey and see, you know, that we're feeling better. We can now tell our story about, you know, Hey, I've lost 42 pounds. This is how I was feeling 42 pounds ago. And here's how I'm feeling now. And the process hasn't been easy, but it's, it's been uh, worthy of my time and effort. And much, much like you would share the gospel with someone. You would do that through leading by example. And it's it's not always the easy thing to do. Um, but, you know, that, that's kind of how I look at it. You know, not not getting into fat shaming people. Everybody's got their own battles and their own challenges. Um, it's not my job to confront them about that or, or argue with them about that. It's my job to lead by example and hope that they go, I, I want some of what that guy's got. You know, so that's kind of my take on on that issue specifically. Brandon, I, I love I you had something. Yeah. yeah, I love that you were talking about getting lost in the reels earlier, Jeremy. That kind of <laughs> really caught my attention because it's so it's a, easy for us to stay in what's comfortable, even if yeah. it's not good for the benefit of ourselves. And like, you know, dads will be really quick to make excuses mm. on what's whatever. They don't have enough time. They don't, this is so busy. And yet they're the first hour of the day, they're scrolling on Instagram instead of being in the word or going out and hitting a, uh, an exercise that wakes up their mind and their body. And they're just not creating enough balance because they're not seeking discomfort. Their brain is, is allowing uh, comfort and it's, it's staying there. And I've, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again, comfort is where your dreams and your growth goes to die. <laughs> and That's so right. I think if, if guys would seek discomfort with purpose, with intentionality, in fact, one of the things I've been really wanting to record on is intentionality. Like if we would be intentional in every aspect of our life in the word and our exercise and self-care and uh, care of our wife and care of our brothers and our friends and care of our children, if that intentionality is spread and focused in every single aspect of our life, we improve in all of those. It's when we don't be intentional that things suffer. And mm -hmm. so I, I seek discomfort, in everything. Like I will literally ask people at my work, Hey, what can I do better? Like, mm -hmm. I want the, I want the critique. Like a lot of people, they run from the critique. They hate it. They can't stand it. It's, it aggravates the, the heck out of them. They, it eats them alive. But me, I want it because I want to know what my 
my weaknesses are. I want to know what people see and perceive as bad from me. And it's not because I'm wanting to be a people pleaser. Don't, don't, you know, misunderstand that, but it's because I want to see something that I might not see myself, you know, and, and I think a fresh perspective is always a great thing, but yeah, seeking discomfort, man, it's such a, such a huge thing in, in creating that discipline, you know? So yeah, I loved that. But, yeah, man. And, and I think the perspective, I think, I think the way, the way you hold on to that is to change the perspective of discomfort. And instead, maybe, you know, one, one thing that kind of helps me is telling myself that it's uncomfortable because I've, because I've allowed it to be, but this is really what I'm called to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So I got to quit looking at it as a struggle, right. Or, 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 or being, uh, you know, or a level of discomfort because then I'll, I'll probably won't be able to sustain it. But I think we have to kind of change the culture and, and, you know, Ronnie talked about examples and being an example for, for our, our, our child, man, I've seen like one thing that sticks out, like when you go to restaurants, you know, I just feel like anytime there's a lull in conversation, the first thing everybody does at the table, right. Is grab the phone like immediately. And I just feel like, and, and, and tell me what you all think, but I just feel like we've forgotten how to have like normal conversation these days. We're like, we don't even know what to do unless we're like communicating in reels, right? Like we're sending each other these reels to watch and we're not talking to each other. We're literally right in the same, you know, couch, you know, as my wife and we'll, and we'll, you know, get caught up sometimes, man. And she, she'll send me a reel, I'll send her a reel. And I'm like, we're not even like talking right now. <laughs> like, let, let's just, let's just talk, you know, create our own life real here. But, uh, but I mean, I think it's really easy in, in, in the, to get caught up. And I think the enemy has an opportunity, probably the best opportunity he's ever had to create so much distraction. And, and, you know, with kids, you know, they, they want your time and, and, uh, and, you know, you just see a lot of times and, and I'm, I'm getting better about it, but there was a point in my, in, in my life, man, where I'd hold the phone up and I'd be like, well, one minute, wait a second. Like, just, you know, and really I had no reason not to answer their question. And, uh, and man, that really impacts our kids. Um, I think, I think sometimes, at least me, uh, in the past, haven't given enough thought about how much our kids actually retain as far as how we behave and how we act. You know, they, they know when they're kind of being, uh, ignored, you know, they, they, they feel that. Um, and I think sometimes we, we forget that they're, uh, they're actually little humans too, that have feelings and are learning so much. And, and so, yeah, I, I think it's important to, uh, you know, to make sure that we're having like authentic conversations with them. And again, to not, not let these distractions, you know, uh, get in the way of the things that we know we need to do. So, you know, I should look forward to not having downtime to sit on the couch and, and, and go scroll through social media, but I should look forward to, you know, working out and, and showing my kids that, Hey, you know, I'm, I get up, I get a routine, I go and I do this so I can be better so I can better serve you and serve your mom and um, all that kind of stuff. I think that's the focus. Once, once we get back into focus, I think it's no longer a discomfort. Does that make sense? Like, I think if we look at it now, it's like, Oh man, I have to do a program to do what I should be doing without a program uh, based on what we're called to do as men. Does that make sense? So I think, I think it's that mind switch. I mean, just break it down even to just like physical fitness, right? Yeah, yeah. The first time you ever start out, it's like super painful, super, you know, it's like you're extreme, right? But as you level up in your ability, you know, you can push yourself harder and harder and harder without it feeling nearly as hard as it did, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's why they send people to ranger school and stuff like that, right? Is to, to push you to a limit so that everything you face after that is easier. Um, right. 
so yeah if you apply that same mindset to every aspect of your life it's the same way um i think dustin had a, a question kind of dovetailing off of where you're going with reels and, and things like that <laughs> yeah absolutely so i was watching something by uh, jordan peterson today and he talked about how the path forward is going to be painful the path to the left is yeah. going to be painful the path to the right is going to be painful right so if you don't change there's going to be pain there too there's going to be discomfort so you yeah. might as well try some change left or right because it's gonna there's going to be challenges <laughs> either way so I, I enjoyed it um so the uh as far as social media goes mm. I think increasing evidence is showing that it is just as addictive as alcohol, yeah. cigarettes, other types of drugs. We're seeing increasing studies showing that um, it absolutely has addictive properties. Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts on regulation in terms of looking at social media with different ages? You know, uh, for your own kids, for example, do you have an age that you're thinking about of when you'll allow them to have access to social media? Ronnie, since you have younger children, I'll let you answer that first and I'll go after you, man. Yeah, so um, we haven't, my kids are still uh, all under five, so we have talked about um, devices. Um, they don't have access to even tablets, really, and I know a lot of people um, let their children do that, but as far as I'm concerned, I want them playing outside in the dirt and mud and everything for as long as I can keep them doing that. Uh, so at the dinner table, there's no devices, they're not watching uh, anything on YouTube or, you know, any of that stuff. So in terms of social media specifically, um, we actually just went to, we had a pastor come to our church and, and talk uh, about this. They have apps now, you know, where parents can control and actually mirror the screens the entire time. Um, that's probably the route we're going to take um, because the reality is um, you don't get any privacy. You know, my, at my house, it's, it's communism around here, baby. You know, uh, <laughs> when you become 18, uh, you can get out there to the, the, the democratic Republic that we live in. So, um, that that's probably the route that we're going to take. Uh, and, and you have to be very careful now with, with apps like Snapchat where things disappear in seconds. Um, that's dangerous. I mean, if that would have been around when, when I was in high school, who knows the kind of trouble I would have gotten in with something that powerful. Um, regulation uh, from a government level, I'm, I'm pretty pro-freedom, so I don't necessarily like that. I think it, it is on the parent, and we as dads especially. It's on our shoulders to manage that. We've got the tools to do it properly. We need to utilize the tools. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, what's that? As I say, you're next. Oh yeah, yeah, man. So, so you know, my my kids. Um, I have 22 year old, uh, 18 year old, 16 year old, and 14 year old. And so um, now we're at the stage where it used to be kind of where Ronnie Ronnie is. Now we're at the stage where I'm. I'm. You know, the oldest three are girls, women, really, at this point. Um, and it's just important for me that they don't compare. Right. I think social media creates an opportunity that we compare our lives to others and and just trying to let them know uh, for the for the adult women. Uh, now that's weird to say my kids who are adult women now. I can't really do much about that. But my hope is that over the course of the years, I just I just want them to know that everything on social media generally is a highlight reel. Right. Um, and people can paint the kind of picture they want. It's very easy to do that. Um, and, and just to not really take it serious, you know, um, just to make sure that they know that. Hey, if you need to be entertained, if you can do that in a healthy way, you know, no, no, no worries. Depending, you know, just don't, just don't, you know, look at certain things. It's, it's really just going to create, you know, conflict internally. Uh, but, I, but one thing that's different from when we were, you know, younger is that uh, 
if we didn't get invited to something, we just never knew it happened. Right. So now I know at least for my girls, when they were, you know, I still have the, the 16 year old who, who is this as a challenge for her, but my other daughters too, is if they didn't get invited, but they would go on to their friend's social media and see a live video of like a birthday party or some sort of party or whatever. And they're like, I can't believe they didn't ask me, you know, that we have to deal with that these days as parents. And I think it's a different challenge than our parents had to, you know, our parents and, and of course, long before us. Um, and I wouldn't say, you know, the last thing I'd want to do to, um, you know, our parents is to pretend like they didn't, it wasn't challenging for them. But I do think we have a, a different, uh, more robust challenge because now we're, we're kind of trying to manage the world for them now versus it was the neighborhood back in the day, right? Like if, you know, you knew where everybody was in the neighborhood because you'd see a bunch of bikes in the front yard and and it was okay. And you didn't worry about security generally. Uh, you just knew that the neighbors were going to treat your kids like they do theirs and, and vice versa. But nowadays, you know, uh, we kind of got to try to, you know, hold them back from all this information across the world. And it's just, it just makes it real challenging. It creates more conversations we have to have, right? More teaching, more, more training to say, hey, this isn't real. This, this model that you see, you know, this thing's been Photoshopped. They're using the best equipment the best lighting, the best filters, they have the best plastic surgeon, all these things Like you just have to go over that time and time and time again. I think that's uh, a challenge for us, but I think it's a, it's also a good opportunity really uh, that our parents didn't have to really, you know, use that as a teaching mechanism and say, Hey, listen, you know, and, and go to scripture and, and just keep reminding, you know, every day at seven fifteen, I text my girls and I say, you know, you're created uh, in the image of God. And so you're perfect in him. And so if you think something's wrong, then you're saying that God made a mistake. and He doesn't do that. Right. So I just keep trying to to bring that home. My son doesn't you know, it's a different ball game for him. He doesn't necessarily worry about his appearance or, or anything like that. You know, for him, it's just video games. Right. And being cool. So uh, he, he's not got to that point yet. But the girls have been a little more challenging. But, yeah, I think I think that's a um, you know, the social media game has, has been has been challenging. And now, you know, uh, Let's face it, as adults, we can we can be right there along with them, right? And uh, and they watch that and they go, and then when you're like, hey, your screen time, you got too much screen time, right? Uh, Apple tells you uh, how much screen time you've used. That's how confident they are that we're addicted, right? Is that they can tell you how long you've been on the phone and yet you'll still be on the phone, right? Uh, it sounds like a bad sales technique for them to put a screen time app on the phone that they're trying to sell you, but they know you're going to look at it anyway. So. I think that's a real good indicator of kind of where we are with that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I was thinking, let's go around the horn on this topic on like kind of what we plan to do with our kids or what we already do with our kids. And then yeah. I think we all have a lot of follow up on the bigger topic of social media and screens and stuff. Um, and I've got, I actually recently read a book that's dedicated to that topic. So I can maybe inject some some high notes from that uh, into this discussion. But so with me and my wife, our daughter's seven. Um, she'll be eight in August. Um, I think Brandon might have froze, so we're just gonna drive on without him until he gets back. But uh, when she was really young, we didn't do a lot of screens or anything. Um, we saved it for trips, you know. So if we we're gonna go on like a long car ride or something, then she would have like her little Amazon Kindle thing. Um, mm -hmm. But we tried to keep it to a minimum and try, and then you know, kind of had some ups and downs in terms of how consistent I was in limiting screen time. But uh, this. Uh, couple episodes ago we we focused around the book um about wow well, i'm totally blanking the uh the coddling of the american mind and near at the end of it he talks about 
some of these studies where um, two hours maximum is kind of that point where it it's not doing like psychological damage to young minds. And so I was like, ooh, I really need to be a lot more intentional about, like Brandon was saying, intentionality, um, yeah. about making sure we're really at a two-hour mark there because um, she's seven, right? That's not mm-hmm. that's not an age where she should be spending all day in front of a screen, right? She should be playing, especially if it's sunny, um, doing things like that. So I'm still working on me to try and be a lot more involved in that. But one thing that I pay a lot of attention to is what she's watching. Um, it's so easy, even on like Netflix or whatever, right? That you can even set up like parent, parental controls and whatnot, but there's still some of the stuff that leaks through the controls that's like, th- she should not be watching this. This is absolutely terrible. Um, so I'm, I'm very like, honed in on hey what is that and I'll, I'll watch a couple minutes and be like eh, we're gonna change that you know so that's something parents uh just to be aware of dads especially um there's a lot of stuff that slips through the cracks there even on you know like non-dirty sites or whatever and uh it's not good for your kid so that's that's kind of my two cents on that dustin justin brandon what are you guys' uh thoughts there yeah so question maybe for jeremy you've got some older kids um what do you do if they're at their friend's house, let's say, and you know that you can't watch them specifically? So how do you regulate, you know, say social media and screen time and that kind of situation when you, you physically can't be there to, to see what they're doing? Yeah, you know, that's 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 a really good uh, evaluation of, of how well that they've been trained, really. Like they, they know my stance on ensuring that they have boundaries, right? Not just on social media, but life in general, what, uh, depending on kind of how they're treated, kind of what, you know, the people they're with. And, and, uh, my hope is that through the teaching, um, and through the continuous training on, on the expectations that they are, you know, they have some integrity and that they kind of follow through, uh, when they're not with us, but, and, and, but also know as a teenager, the last thing, I mean, you wouldn't probably call me a man of a, a, a boy, of integrity back then, you know, so I know they're not perfect, but my hope is that, that I've, I've planted a, a, a big enough seed to where they go, Oh man, I, I better get off this because, um, you know, and then I always tell them like, it's rude. It's rude to your friends, right? If you're going over to someone's house or even a family member's house and, and they haven't seen you in a while and all you're doing is like putting your face in the phone. Like that's a, that's a character issue. Right. So we talk about that. Like, you know, be, be a woman or be a, a, for my son, be a man of character, you know, look people in the eye when they're talking to you, give them their undivided attention and respect your elders and all that kind of stuff. But, but when they're around, you know, their friend group, you know, I, I know that they push the limit. Uh, I think we all have, uh, but I, but my hope is that they, they come back around uh, and they realize it and go, wait a minute, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I need to get back to the drawing board here. And, and outside of that, when they're not there, you know, that's that's the, the, the gist of it. Now, we can go back, and, and sometimes we do this, too, uh, not for the adults now, obviously, but uh, for our younger ones, we'll look at their phones, right? We'll we'll do that almost like uh, they don't know we're going to do it. We'll just say, hey, bring your phone up, uh, and then we'll kind of look through and, and have conversation if we need to. But otherwise, you know, we just hope that what we teach sticks, you know? I love that. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I mean, a lot of my uh, dad friends that I talk to, genuinely believe that their children deserve some level of privacy when they're 14, 15 years old. And Ronnie, I'm with you, man. Absolutely not. You, you live in the communist states of Dustin and uh, you're 18, you can get out of the house. And that's one of the benefits. I, I honestly think uh, parents make it too good for their kids to stay at home. I want it to be a little uncomfortable. With, you know, I want when my kid is 17 to be like, I cannot wait to get out of this house. 
My dad is so annoying. He keeps randomly auditing my phone. Uh, you know, <laughs> he caught me looking at, you know, something I shouldn't be looking at. I want him to be excited to get out, get a job and go work on his own. That's one way to do it, right? If you say, oh, you yeah. get privacy, you get all the time in your room that you want, you know, absolutely not. No, you know, that, that's too, <laughs> that's too much luxury. They'll never leave. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and they don't, they don't leave. A bunch of, you know, 28 year olds with their, uh, their parents. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. It's wild. Yeah, so, yeah. He's like, he's just like, hey man, God, I'm so sick and tired of my Oreos disappearing. Like, what the? Cookie <laughs> <laughs> thief, yes. You I'm wait, Dustin. In. When he gets a little bit older, man, he's gonna be stealing all your food. He's gonna be in your protein. <laughs> he won't just be stealing your junk. He'll be stealing all your good stuff too, man. <laughs> exactly. I think uh, Ronnie, you were gonna jump in there. It looked like. Oh, I was just gonna say, Dustin. That's a point that I hadn't thought of. Hurrying him out of the house you know, with all the communism. So I'm going to keep it up, keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'll touch on this. Uh, I'm having a one-year-old, you know, you'd think I would be out of this conversation, but I'm absolutely not. Um, I was watching some of the shows and, and I actually read an article recently and, and I'll, I'm going to pick on one specific show that Coco Melon show has a lot of <laughs> like hidden stuff in it. And it really pissed me Mellon. off, man. It got yeah. my blood boiling. There's one show that I'm going to give a lot of praise to, and I actually would love for this man to come on the podcast. His name's Joe Brum. He is the creator and editor for a little show called Bluey. Now, if you're a parent, you know the name of this show. If you're a young parent, excuse me. <laughs> uh, because it is an Australian cartoon that's based off of a family where they have two daughters, uh, Bingo and Bluey. And it's just absolutely amazing the dad's hilarious he's got a great sense of humor like anyways i won't go down the rabbit hole but it's it's wholesome it's got a good point it's it's a good show uh it's got a catchy theme song and everything and it doesn't drive you insane watching it let me say that but <laughs> um but yeah no that's that's one thing we have to worry about is screen time um you know I, I don't want my son being addicted to a phone every time he's upset hey here's a phone i don't, I don't like that i don't i want my son to be able to you know uh, kind of sit back and realize, Hey, I need to like figure out my own stuff and how I'm feeling and, and kind of like learn to be independent and play by himself without a phone. And so that's, that's one of the things my wife and I try to concentrate on. Uh, and then, like I said, we, we try to make sure that, you know, he's watching something that is okay to watch. Uh, he's also obsessed with Miss Rachel, but that show uh, makes me want to jump off a cliff. <laughs> so, she's great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm going to be a, a little bit of a contrarian here. I, we don't let Raylan watch Bluey. Uh, we didn't like the way that they talked to each other. It was disrespectful at times. So uh, maybe I'll give it another watch and see if maybe I was being a little too honed in. But for me, like that, I think that's a big problem too is there's so many uh, examples of where in shows typically kids speak very disrespectfully to adults and figures of authority and it's like you're seven like your job is to say yes ma'am yes sir yes teacher whatever right not so that that was my lean on it maybe i'm maybe that's a bad take but yeah well they're australian you know no, i'm just kidding uh, that's all right I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a good show i, I like bluey um but there, to your point, George, there is a ton of shows out there that have the vast majority of shows have the child talking to the parent in a way uh, that's extremely disrespectful. There's a show that recently came out on Disney about a red bear 
Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that or, or saw anything about that. Um, I can't remember the name of it because I, I almost threw something at my TV when I heard the way that the, the daughter bear was talking to her parents. So, um, yeah, it's sad that, that they put that in shows these days. Yeah, that's turning red. Uh, we we screen every movie before our children watch it. I'm glad we screened that one because that one is absolutely absurd. Um, for me to to touch on some of this stuff. So one of the things, obviously, whatever chapter your kid's life is in kind of depicts on how you approach this, right? Like if your kid's a teenager, balance and moderation are going to be the key factors that you have to have with social media. And, and I love that you were talking about um, how it's it's a big comparison. And one of the things I have taught my son and my daughter both with anything on a tablet or screen is if you see something that you feel is not fair, comparison is a thief of joy. And I mm -hmm. consistently hammer that in them. And like the other day, my son was like complaining about something. And my daughter looked at him and said, no, Ben, comparison is the thief of joy. Oh, and he, was, like, he got mad at her because she called him on it. But like she, she knew <laughs> it. And so uh, but balance, I think balance is a really is a, is a pivotal thing, because if you restrict mm -hmm. something so much, so total, totalitarian wise, it, they rebel or they have that urge to rebel. Whereas if you teach them how to do it responsibly and you teach them balance and moderation, I think I think that helps um, prevent that. So for me, it's 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 just trying to uh, create a, a striking balance. Like I'll let my kids watch shows, but at the same time, like Justin saw it, we were at we are out at dinner and my son was glued to his his bluey or whatever show he was watching. And I said, you're finishing that up in three minutes and and we're putting the phone down because we're spending family time. And so everybody had to put their phones down, you know, myself and Justin included. And so that that intentionality was, you know, had to be forced. Um, but I, I think the dopamine, like like Dustin was saying, there's an addiction factor there. And, and mm. we can't let our kids like my kid. The craziest thing is he can't stand to be bored. Like he, mm. like it's uncomfortable. Like it hurts him almost because kids, this, this, you know, day and age, they're, they're so short track, short spanned and, and short minded that any kind of sense of boredom is just like utter despair for them. And so that's, that's a very um, disturbing trend for me. And that's, I purposely push my kids to be bored so that there's a, again, there's a balance there because if there's not a balance, it's like, Man, what are what are they going to do when they're adults and they can't stand five seconds of of boredom? Yeah, so let me let me jump yeah. in real quick. Um, sure. I recently read I, I haven't finished it completely, but most of this book um, called Glow Kids by uh, Doctor Nicholas uh, Carderis, and some of the high notes of this book is that there's like overwhelming research that shows that brain imaging um, on younger minds. Um, shows the same amount of uh dopamine activation as sexual intercourse so mm. you know five six seven year olds are having that amount of dopamine hit to the brain um obviously creates brandon like you were saying they're addicted to not being bored um and so that's his whole book is basically talking about this uh kind of growing contagion he calls it a digital contagion that's um spreading through our society and so this book specifically was written in 2016 um, and there's a follow-up book that I'm going to read <clears throat> called Digital Madness. And that came out uh, just this last September. So um, that one will cover more on um, social media and stuff. But it was really interesting for me to just hear 
from a scientific point of view, what's happening to mm. kids' minds. Um, and I think it's really shocking, right? Um, an hour on TikTok, what it does to your brain is, I mean, they might as well be like snorting cocaine. It's insane in terms of the damage it does to needing dopamine. Um, so, George, so I think that's that- why it's, you know, this is something we should take very seriously. And, it, it, you know, a lot of times too, I think nowadays there's like the peer pressure thing. Oh, don't, don't be the overbearing parent. Well, I feel like with technology, <laughs> this is one area you should absolutely stand your ground on and, and not, you know, cater to what's normal because the norm is not healthy at this point, you know, and it's, we don't even know the impacts because social media is kind of a new phenomenon. You know, our kids are kind of the first generation that it already existed when they came around, you know, like we kind of had it as we were later in life. So let's, let's just stop there. And that's just some input from a doctor, um, but recommend the book. It was very eye opening. And George, is that in contrast to adults uh, who don't have that same brain effect? Um, so I haven't gotten to the part yet where it talk, compares adults, but I, I think your adult mind has more of a resistance to needing it as much, but I think it's still an addictive, I mean, you're still getting a dopamine hit, right? But you get it with your coffee, you get it with whatever, right? Everything you do is in a way a dopamine hit, but you as a grown adult have more coping mechanisms or discipline and skills in your life to go, Ooh, maybe I'm on my phone a little bit too much and put it aside. Whereas a seven-year-old who's addicted to TikTok or a video game, you know, or whatever, right. If they've become so needing that every day after school or whatever it is, they don't really have the life lessons or skills yet to like address that. Um, so that was really, he, the first book was on kids and the clinical, research of what is happening to kids. I think the next one, Digital Madness, is more centered around society as a whole, not just children. So I'm going to pick that one up and get through it, but um, I do recommend Glow Kids for for all the dads out there. It, it, just to consider a point of view and maybe give you some uh, some fighting tools on how to make a difference, but it was it was beneficial to me. That's, that's yeah, a yeah. great... Yeah, yeah. sorry. No, no uh, go ahead, man. That's a, that's a great clarification um, because... It's, it's important to know that the worldly normal is not the normal that we want to teach our children. Yeah. So uh, I loved that point, George. Um, quick dad hack f- uh, for you guys. Um, when your kids are just enveloped in their, their phones or their tablets, like great example, we were at my brother's house and they have this big moss oak tree or whatever kind of tree it is that you can actually climb on. The branches are low. You can climb on it, all that stuff. And I said, we're going to go for a walk. And we're going to go climb that tree in my Son was sitting there just complaining and complaining and complaining. And I said, son, you're going to put that phone down. You're going outside and you're walking. He was moping. We got to the tree and then it's like everything just kind of started fading out technology wise. It's like, man, we climbed that tree for like 30 minutes. Like they were, you know, butt scooting and doing all that stuff and trying to figure (laughs) out how high they could get. And man, technology wasn't even a a process in his mind. It's like you could almost just see the dopamine kind of fall off and like you know nature kind of just reset him and brought him back to where he needs to be you know so if, if you need to reset your kid from that frontal cortex uh thought process of just being so hooked on that that technology man get them outside get them in nature get them playing get them doing natural things with dirt like you know be imaginative you know go make mud pies you know so whatever it, it could be something simple just get them outside yeah so. jeremy go ahead and then we'll uh go to dustin next yeah, no, no. I was just going to piggyback off of a lot of what you were saying. Um, you know, we, Brandon, we we seek to be entertained, and and so do our kids. And and I, I believe if you're constantly looking at a phone, you're getting this plethora of information, information overload. Really, I don't know that our brains are are even, you know, 
conditioned to take all that information in at one time, um, they never really get to know who they are, right? So they start identifying with these videos that they see constantly. But then when you say, what do you want to do? When you're like, I don't know, want to be a YouTuber, right? Or something like that. Nothing wrong. I'm not hating on YouTubers, right? I'm just, but but let's be a little more real, realistic in, in, in what you can do. And, and like you said, you know, um, and when you look at some of these videos, and some of these movies you all mentioned, either the, the child has no respect for authority or parents, or the man in the sitcom is the joke, right? Is the laughing stock, right? You look at King of Queens, you look at uh, Friends, you look at Everybody Loves Raymond, all those kind of shows. The man's just the, the klutz, can't get anything right, lazy, doesn't do anything. And I think they, they had to pull that idea from what they've seen in society. And I think I think that's a real fight that us as as men, but as fathers have to have to continue to combat. But at the same time, you're you're right, uh, Brandon. When you get kids, like when I take my son, he man, he would he would play video games all day if I allowed him to do that. But um, the process of getting somewhere outdoors, it's miserable, right? Like it it almost makes you just want to like stop the vehicle and, and and get out of the vehicle and take ten minutes because it just fires you up, you know? Because they act like it's the end of the world because you want them to go fishing or you want them to go on a hike and and they got brand new bodies you know that's what i tell them like you have a brand new body you can't complain about this like i'm broken and we're gonna go do this but at the same yeah they're brand new so but at the same time when they get out there like you said brandon they get out there and they start picking up sticks they start making a spear right then they got these rocks and they want to skip rocks or make arrowheads all those things and i love that and it's really just that's how close we are though from changing the trajectory of how our kids develop it's really a matter of us really creating and prioritizing that opportunity for them to get outside and do that. A lot of it, unfortunately, and I'm looking at myself when I say this, uh, falls on me for not prioritizing and making sure that there is time to, to go to, to the, to the you know, forest and hike or to go to the lake and throw a line in the, in the lake and that kind of thing. So, but you're right. I, I do agree with that. Yeah, that's good. You know, one of my favorite episodes I've ever heard of uh, Joe Rogan's podcast was Donnie Vincent. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's a biologist and a massive hunter, and he just he knows an incredible amount about nature and everything else. And I'm telling you what, one, I need to find out what what episode that was so that all of y'all can go watch it because like it was so good. Two, he talks about nature and what it does to the brain and some of the studies that he he was talking about as a biologist and how it's helped not only like treating some of his he had some friends and and people that were suggested and like patients of you know friends who are doctors and uh anyways he said send them in the woods and so like they saw some pretty incredible results from you know people just getting out in nature because that's where we're intended to be and like the way he talks about it I'm telling you, man, it'll 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 light a fire in you, man. And even if you're not a hunter, you're like, wow, I need to go hunt. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it's it's pretty interesting, but yeah, that's that's one of the cool things about you know nature is that it it literally resets our brain. Um, so yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I can't wait to have my kid outdoors. Uh, I definitely don't want him inside on screens. But right now, I don't have to worry about much. He's 
he thinks a rock's the most interesting thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that lasts yeah. longer than you think, though. You'd be surprised. My daughter still it. has a oh. rock collection, and you know, everywhere we go, she finds a new rock, and I'm like, "We're not bringing that in the house, please. Just put it somewhere not hey, in the house." I collected them, so I was like, "Not nah, I can't <laughs> like, um, but. but Jeremy, the, uh, back to the book, Glow Kids, and then we're gonna go to Dustin. Uh, Sure. The, the reaction you talked about how they get so angry when you're taking it, it's because you're taking yeah. away their drug. You know, if you take away mm-hmm. drugs from an addict, they, they get right. angry, right? So it's it's literally the same triggers in the brain are occurring. And that's why that book was like so eye-opening for me. It's it's not just like another thing. It, it To a kid's mind, it essentially is a drug addiction, the way that it alters the brain. So uh, Dustin, wow, I think man. you were going to kind of talk about Cocomelon related to this to- topic. <laughs> yeah, um, I've heard uh, attention deficit disorder and depression referred to as lack mm. of nature disease. It really is amazing. Mm. You know what a walk in the woods will do. It rewires your brain. It's, it's beautiful. Um, but as far as cocomelon, I'll get in a little into the weeds here. So bear with me. Um, there's a concept called the uncanny valley, uh, which is crossed when uh, something that's artificial intelligence that uh, doesn't look like a human very much, like an R2-D2 droid doesn't bother us. But if it looks exactly like a human, like Terminator, it's very concerning and worrisome. That's what Cocomelon does. It crosses the uncanny valley. It's too real and it's creepy to watch. I really, I, I beef on it like crazy. I can't stand. And I mean, I don't know, you know, the message and all that kind of stuff, you know, is not great. But but as far as um, the experience of watching it, of, of seeing these almost real people um, the whole time is very, I, I'd rather just watch real people. Why is that like at this AI creation? My concern is that kids will learn to love, you know, these not real, but almost real people. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's problematic. Um, so I don't know if you guys yeah. have any feelings about that. It's like, dis- so like something dissociating them from actual people, like making them incapable of real interaction later in life type of thing. hundred percent, which is what we're seeing yeah. in Japan, right? Um, their population decline. There's a lot of studies showing that a lot of Japanese men are basically only attracted to these like hentai, like fake. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but like Japanese animation are these women that look Japanese, but they have giant breasts and they're like these very augmented, weird looking massive eyes. Massive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what Japanese men want. They don't want real women because that person doesn't exist, right? Their ideal of beauty is a fake person. And that's what Instagram is doing, right? I mean, these Instagram Ooh. models that are millions of followers, everyone wants to watch them. It's plastic surgery, it's filters, it's um, our American version of that, which is women who don't exist. They're not real people. And if young men are watching that and making that their ideal, you know, if, if you're not attracted to women, you're not going to want to get married. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an existential well, problem. And reference, this, I think it's a good point, reference that article you shared with us the other day. And it's not the greatest of articles, but it has some alarming statistics about are the, I guess, 20 somethings in America today, mm-hmm. right, Dustin? Yeah, it's fascinating. So a massive study came out last year. Um, 68% of uh, young men under 30 are single, meaning not, not just not married, but no girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And so you want to talk about depression, antisocial behavior, all that kind of stuff. I mean, these are also men who don't have a lot of friends, you know, so social isolation is skyrocketing in our country. Um, and I, I think social media has a lot to do with it, right? When you have Instagram reels that have instant, uh, whatever you want, you know, that, that might um, entertain you, that dopamine hit, your friends aren't necessarily, you know, as exciting as that next, you know, 10 second TikTok video <laughs> for better or worse, right? I mean, you guys are awesome, but as far as dopamine hits go, nothing can beat, you know, an, an artificial intelligence specifically designed to entertain me, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that's hard to beat. And so, that, so what you're I, saying is our dad jokes shorts are the best thing on the internet <laughs> and everyone needs to go watch them right now. 
just kidding. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Sorry. It's, let's, it's uh, so interesting. Let's, yeah. Dustin said Japan, though, because Japan actually has the highest suicide rate, suicide rate in the world. Uh, so that, that makes a lot of sense that you're talking about that. Wow. Yeah, let's uh, Jeremy, Ronnie, you guys have any anything to add in? We've we've been hogging the mic for a little bit here. I, I was going to say I've thought that about Coco Melon uh, before too, Dustin. I've always thought there's something weird about this show. I could never really put my finger on it, but I always thought that there's there's too much going on with the way these people look. So that, that's an interesting point. Um, I would I would go back to uh, Justin while you were talking about the outdoors and nature kind of recentering us. There's a, a great book by. Uh, John Eldridge, I'm sure you guys have heard of it, Wild at Heart. And it talks very specifically about our connection with nature. And that's kind of by God's design. And so if you haven't read that, I highly recommend you check that out. Jeremy and I are going uh, on a trip next week to Wyoming to actually go through that book again and, and actually reconnect in nature by, by fishing all, you know, all week. Trout fishing in the cold, it's probably not going to be super comfortable, uh, but it is going to be in nature and we're going to be able to kind of quiet down and, and get close to God that week. That's, that's really going to be our goal. So um, anyway, I, I wanted to make sure I recommended Wild at Heart because I think it is a, an important book for every every man to read, especially dads. So I'm going to check that out. And uh, just yeah. to kind of re, re uh, go back to, you know, what we were talking about with wilderness, uh, that episode is 1122 on JRE. Mm. And there is a movie. <clears throat> he talks about a movie that he was producing at the time. Um, it was his own movie and, and footage, but it's called The Other Side. Uh, very, very cool stuff. So just wanted to throw that out there as well. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, 1122, I got it, man. I want to check it out. And, um, you know, Dustin, the AI, you know, I haven't paid as much attention to that as I probably should because I keep hearing it more and more and more. But but I think the, I think the difference is, is with the reels, you can get that same entertainment as hanging out with people, but you don't have the expectation and you don't have to do much, right? Like you don't have to, you don't have to reciprocate. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to perform. Maybe, uh, you, you, you can just lay around in your pajamas if you want to, and just watch these videos and get that same feeling as if you were hanging with your boys. And, and, uh, and, but, but the problem with that is, uh, they don't develop authentic relationships that way. And we know as men that it's important that we have authentic relationships. And so then everything becomes in their life and in, in, in high school and, and, you know, just in, you know, and socially, everything's like a transactional drive-by. And uh, that's why you see a lot of kids, you know, they, that's what they do. They, hey, look at this video. Oh, no, look at this video. Right. But there's never no, hey, man, how are you? Like, do you like to play basketball? I like to play. That's what we did. Right. We were like, hey, let's go play ball somewhere. Um, and so they're really missing out. And so I, I think, you know, what I try to stress with my, my son, especially, uh, because not only does he, does he like, you know, that, that artificial intelligence, but he, he's an introvert, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of like adding fuel to the fire, right? He, he doesn't necessarily like to be around people. And I wonder how much of that is actually, he doesn't like to be around people or he just have, hasn't been exposed enough to people or allowed himself to be exposed enough to people where he's comfortable. So then all of a sudden we, we hear all these articles, we, we read these articles and hear, you know, all this messaging about how kids have all this anxiety now. Right. And I'm not, you know, uh, as someone who has dealt with anxiety, I'm not, I'm not saying anxiety isn't real, but I think every human being with a heartbeat has some level of anxiety. I, but I think a lot of the, you know, kids anxiety is because they just haven't allowed themselves to develop and allow themselves to connect with others and to, to really go through that process. So yeah, if, 
if you're used to watching everything life on a reel or Instagram, and then you go to church, right? And, and everybody's asking how you're doing and what your name is. And I, you're, ah, I don't know what to do right now. I have to answer. I don't know. You know, I think that's where a lot of the anxiety is, is that we're, we're not, we're not putting enough boundaries on, you know, we're ultimately, I think in a lot of ways, uh, society as a whole devices have been, a, have been a, a babysitter have been a very effective babysitter and it's and it's easy to do when when you're tired because let's face it you get tired when you're raising kids you're like here just just watch this right because you're just you're needing that break so i think that's that's also i think it's a combination of things but but you're you're on to something there that they they can get all they need without any kind of expectation and i think that's what we have to fight against you know right and that's that's spot on because the 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 boundaries that are being crossed are creating detachments whether it's reality detachment or associative detachment like there's some kind of detachment occurring because they're not actually being forced or they're not being socially prompted to to attach to something so the great example with the ai and the, the uncanny valley and all that stuff like you know they're being desensitized and detached from something that is abnormal so like their their brain, I guess, rewires itself and just says, okay, this is a, a normality type thing. And so, yeah, man, that detachment's kind of spooky, man, because it, it can it can bleed into other areas of life if we're not careful. And those boundaries are super important. Well, the problem with AI is it's it's structured without controls and it's mm-hmm. incredibly intelligent beyond what we are, which is crazy that we can build something that is smarter than us. But uh, it quantifies things so much faster than our brain could ever hope to imagine. And it does it in a way that is almost damn near perfect, which is what's terrifying about it. And on top of that, it's against us in some ways. Yeah. And so especially your kids. And so that's why I tell people, like, keep your kids away from devices as best you can, because not only is it creating these voids, it's going to create a void emotionally in you. They're, they're, they're going to be so addicted to dopamine. They're going to be like, well, nothing makes me happy. That's going to right. cause depression. And yeah. then, you know, these kids who are introverted, who do stick to the AI and get their fix from that, they're never going to go outside. And that creates laziness. It creates um, issues chronically within the body. And it keeps you from working out and doing things outdoors. And, and the things that we are meant and, and literally designed to do. And the only way that I've ever been able to get rid of my anxiety is through exercise. I, I, mm. That's a scary thing when kids aren't getting exercise anymore. And we actually had a um, very, very intelligent uh, gentleman come on uh, a bonus podcast on, on Twitter spaces with us. His name's Callie Means. And man, he really opened up my eyes on some stuff. Uh, and, and he kind of goes deep into what he's writing about. And he's, he's starting a company. And he's writing it with his sister, uh, Dr. Casey Means. And they talk about their, how there's preventable cellular dysfunction, which is primarily caused by the foods and he's kind of been outing um, some of the companies out there who have been you know partial to that and and have literally done things behind under the tables and behind people's backs and it was it was pretty eye-opening if you haven't watched that or listened to it uh, please do so because uh, Callie had some really good points and I know Dustin you can probably touch on this a little bit about you know glucose levels how yeah, Kids were health. pretty much before the, the 40s and 50s had like 0%, almost 0% diabetes cases. And now they're in the 30 and 45%. Mm. Um, like sugar, honestly, kids health, kids health today based off the foods and the industries and the politics that are all involved in it are probably the biggest existential threat to our children. 100% because chronically down the line, it is what will kill them. Mm. social media dopamine things like that sure 
that's that eventually can be controlled if you have a strong will and a strong mind or if you have mm-hmm. discipline. But things that you've done to your body for years and years or decades and decades, that changes things. You know what I mean? It, it literally changes your DNA. And that's something he went into. Well, I think it's almost like a uh, it's like a, a one two punch in a way. It's like this symbiotic relationship between what you know technology does to their minds and then all the stuff not all the stuff a lot of the stuff that's being fed to them physically has a similar effect on them mentally too not just physically and so it's kind of just setting kids up for failure from before they're even five you know potentially so um yeah let, let's let's kind of take the technology thing to the side now and let's move more to the the food stuff that we kind of touched on with Callie and uh, Brandon, I want to kick it to you actually, and then let's go around for just reactions. You recommended that app called Yuka, Y U K A. I got it too and bought it, and I've been scanning labels on stuff, and it's a you would be shocked at stuff that you think is healthy that has like five or six additives in it that's just like straight up not your body can't process it. It's not good for you. So, Brandon, why don't you talk about your experience? Because I know you were just rattling off in our kind of little dad chat yeah. about all the things, um, and then let's just kind of go around on thoughts there. Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the things I've always um, heavily researched is anything that affects me in a negative manner. And my children, most especially, like as a dad, one of our jobs is to be somebody who kind of forecasts and and predicts things in the future. And so for me, I'm always looking ahead, like, what can I do to better my kid's life, whether it's health or physical um, issues? So my son is severely ADHD. And myself as well. I've had metabolic disorders. Like I'm pre-diabetic uh, and my um, my cholesterol is an absolute dumpster fire. I'm actually on a stat now and it's like I'm in great physical shape, but it's it's genetic and also a lot of food. So one of the things I did was I got this Yuka app and I started scanning everything in my house. I just went bonkers with it, man. And I realized how many additives and uh, artificial dyes and flavors and all these things that cause metabolic issues, all that stuff are hidden in all of our food. Great example, Cheerios, Honey Nut Cheerios. What does it say on the front of the box? It has a heart, heart shape, and it says heart healthy, may even lower cholesterol. Here's the craziest thing. Scan that box. It tells you that there are additives in it that can cause cardiac issues. I'm not even kidding. There's literally stuff hidden in it that do the opposite. Poison. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's literally doing the opposite and we don't, we don't even realize it. I mean, we're being lied to on a massive scale. And so one of the things my, my wife and I have done, you know, you were talking about 75 hard since January, I have had nothing but clean foods with no additives, no artificial dyes or flavors, man, my, my blue blood glucose is normalized. Uh, my, my blood pressure is normalized. Um, my cholesterol is better. I mean, granted, I do have some genetic disorders there, but it's incredible what I've seen in the difference in myself. And then we've literally been checking this stuff with my children and my son's ADHD is almost cut in half. The symptoms are cut. Mm. Like he's a completely different person when I'm not feeding him Doritos and all these things with just absolute garbage, like the, uh, the set of fame K I think is what it is. And a lot of the, this, the drinks, like just there's, it's just, it's bonkers, man. Like get the app. You're, Another great example, uh, my wife has been having 
just issues with her hair, like just bumps and, and itches and stuff. So I scanned her shampoo. Well, number one thing her shampoo had was uh, something that replaces paraben. You know, you see all the paraben-free mm. uh, shampoos and conditioners. Well, the thing that they replaced the paraben with is another um, chemical that causes contact dermatitis. So you're seeing people with issues in their scalp now. And so once we replace that, her, her, her hair is awesome now. And it's, it's unbelievable the differences that just a little bit of research does. And um, I think one of the coolest things about uh, the Yucca app is, is that it also gives you alternatives that are good, that don't have additives, that don't have, um, you know, high sugars and high saturated fats and all that stuff. So uh, I definitely cannot recommend this enough. Um, the great thing is the premium version of it is only like eight or $12 a year. You get to select how much you support them. So it's dirt cheap. I mean, I'd put $8. I mean, you'll spend four times that going to the doctor because of the issues of the stuff you're eating, mm. you know? So I, I definitely recommend Yuka, but a uh, wonderful app. Can't say enough about it. Um, I'd recommend going through your house with it. You're going to be shocked at how much garbage is hidden in your foods and your drinks. Yeah. And I want to touch on something you just said, Brandon. So, um, I mean, Brandon and I are identical twins. Okay. I've lived a different lifestyle than he has. Um, I was a little healthier and more athletic growing up as far as like what I put in my body and like was more self-conscious about my health. Brandon was more introverted. I was extroverted. Let me put it that way. Um, I don't have the issues he has. What does that tell you? I mean, he ate a lot more processed foods and things like that than I did. And I can tell you that's proof. The proof's in the pudding, man, literally and pun intended. Um, it, it just shows how much it really can truly <laughs> change. Yeah. It, it shows how much dad joke. Yeah. yeah. It, it shows how much it can really change your DNA. Um, and that's something that Cali kind of went down the rabbit hole on. And I'm not going to go on that now. I would love for him to eventually join us and, and talk about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that app is something that I'm definitely going to be using a lot because I'm trying to focus my son's diet as you know we just give meats vegetables we don't like i hate him having sugar i don't want him having sugar um i, I barely let him have a smash cake for his first birthday <laughs> uh which he went ham on <laughs> yeah it is yeah, I mean, that's kind of thing it's, yeah. it's all things in moderation right that you don't have to be like yeah. crazy about it but so jeremy and ronnie you guys have any uh kind of thoughts or input based off of what brandon was talking about yeah i I mean, I, I think I think you all are spot on. And listen, I, di I didn't think much about food, really, uh, because when you think about all the, the things that you have to think about every day, you know, uh, food generally isn't one of them. But I think we're doing ourselves a disservice and especially our kids, you know, and I think I think, um, again, just like we've done, you know, devices when when kids, you know, when they're when they're I want, you know, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Sometimes, you know, we, we it's easier to throw them a. Uh, a Reese cup or something like that. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that every now and then, but, uh, but I think sometimes we use those, uh, whether we meant to or not as, as, as tools to kind of mitigate a situation because we're all just right stressed out doing the things. But, uh, but I know that when I started, you know, the 75 hard, I, I quit eating a lot of, a lot of carbs. I kind of, I kind of went down to, uh, about 10 grams or less a day, um, which wasn't, I learned later about halfway through, it wasn't good when you're working out. You know, two two times a day, seven days a week, uh, I was drained. But but one thing I have to recognize, man, by you know a lot of carbs are sugar, right? And so, um, 
the the hardest part about this uh, program wasn't the physical stuff because I've done that kind of most of my adult life in the military, but it was the withdrawals from those kind of foods. Right. And, uh, and man, it, it was, you know, I feel like I'm a disciplined guy and, and I, there's several times almost, you know, I've, I ha- I've had things in my hand, you know, and, 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 and I just look, wait a minute, I can't, I can't do that. Right. I can't eat that. But I noticed the difference in my body. Like you are talking about, like, like Brandon's talking about, like, I, I thought I would tell the doctor over and over and over again, like I have IBS, like you have to, you have, I may have Crohn's disease. You have to, you have to check, check this for me, you know? And, and they were like, you know, they would always talk about my diet, you know? And I'd say, well, you know, I'm about like, I'm about 70% clean. Right. And I thought that was really, really good. Um, but man, I noticed that when I stopped eating that junk and I was eating, like you said, like real whole foods, um, I didn't have those issues. I didn't have digestive problems at all. Actually, um, a lot of like acid reflux, all that stuff went away, man. I mean, just overnight, probably in the first week, I started to notice those changes and I just, I just literally felt better, uh, altogether. And, and, uh, and I think, I think it was a, a eye-opening experience for me to know that, you know, cause some people, especially in the South, right. It's, you know, oh, let the kids eat all the ice cream, right? Let the kids eat all, they're just kids. That's what kids do, right? And all that kind of stuff. It's kind of the, the culture, man, really. And so, uh, but I think that's a terrible thing to do now that I've, I've been through this and, and, and definitely want to make sure that, uh, that I, I limit, you know, that kind of uh, food in the, in the diet of, of my son, especially because he tries not to be active and, and obviously, you know, inactivity uh, and, and Doritos, as you say. Justin are, are not a good combination, but, uh, but I think it's, it's deeper than just, that's not good for you. And I'm glad that, that, uh, that you introduced that app. I'm glad that we're talking about this because, uh, food oftentimes is one of the things that we don't really prioritize. Again, it's all about, you know, um, the, the kind of the 24 hour news cycle. Well, you know, make sure kids are you know, going outside for 30 minutes a day or hour a day or, but we never consider what we're putting on the plate. Um, and so anyway, I think it's it's worth noting that, uh, that 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 probably has a lot to do with how they behave, how they process things, how their brain develops, you know, and then we just don't give it enough credit. Yeah. Ronnie, what do you think? Yeah, I would say, first of all, Brandon, thank you for that. Uh, that app. You could, I'm always I'm always about using the tools that we're given, um, you know. I would say that culture has gotten a little bit better, maybe over the last 10 to 15 years in identifying um, unhealthy habits in food. Uh, so like, for example, the documentary came out, Supersize Me. I don't know if you guys remember that documentary. Great that documentary. Set a, yeah, that kind of set a trend. Um, and the food industry was uh, smart enough to kind of outsmart that by creating like, whole, then you see Whole Foods start getting big and, you know, they, they, they're able to kind of lie. And so, um, my opinion on this is I'm not about government regulation, but one one area that I think we could do better uh, in this country is to make food manufacturers and restaurants and, and these types of places. If you offer bad food, that's fine, but you ought to have to describe very clearly uh, what it is that you're offering. And Cheerios is a great example of that. Uh, you're, you're not the first person I've heard say that. They, they should not be allowed to say benefits to heart health. That you're not you're not selling me a prescription drug here. You're selling me cereal. I don't I don't need your your health advice on my cereal box, and you shouldn't be allowed to do that from a marketing standpoint. So, um, 
I think over time, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll begin to see this kind of fade out of our society. Uh, in the meantime, we have to use tools like this Yuka app and do it ourselves. You know, again, this goes back uh, to something that, that we as parents and fathers specifically uh, that we've got to manage. And it's difficult. Uh, it's something that we can easily overlook. Um, but I think it's extremely important that we don't. Absolutely. And, it, and I, I'm going to go into something. Uh, so it's it's a big circle. And this is what a lot of people don't realize. So we're one of two countries, just two, in the entire world that has pharmaceutical companies with commercials. And the other is Australia. And it's highly, highly regulated with what they can say. Ours has zero. They make it seem like they're life-changing, life-altering. There's babies in the background. Everyone's playing, people kissing and hugging. Excuse my language, but it's bullshit. Um, We need to get rid of pharmaceutical companies being able to come out there and make make these drugs look like miracles because they're absolutely not. Um, It gets me fired up just just thinking about it. And excuse my language, but it's just it makes me angry because it's all part of this conglomerate or this group uh, and this chain and cycle where it's pharma creating the cures for things. And the lobbyists and the politicians and everybody else are pushing with these other companies like Kellogg's or these other companies that produce things that have, you know, DNA or or gene altering um, side effects, which people just don't realize or that cause cholesterol, that cause diabetes, that cause, you know, all these different because look at the amount of sugar people are taking today. I'm in medical sales. I sell the analyzers. I sell all the reagents. I sell all that stuff. And I can tell you right now, it is unreal how much we sell in just diabetic supplies. If I told you a number, you'd probably freak out. Like, And it has grown exponentially every single year. And it's part of this big cycle. And I think that's something that is not being put out there. And I think it's because the media companies are probably involved with it, but not going too far down the rabbit hole. I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but... <laughs> It's it's true, man. Like, I just wish dads would open their eyes and just realize that there is so many companies and so many people that are against us all in society today. And if if people just realize, honestly, the food that we have that is that is good and that actually helps us is better if you just take the time to not be lazy and prepare. I think that's the problem with our society. We have been trained to think everything needs to be done now. It needs to be instantaneous. And so we want quick fixes. We want fast food. We want easy meals. We want this and that. And that's the stuff that doesn't help us. If we could just take one day of the week, not be lazy, meal prep our entire week, just get it out of the way. And everybody, I'm telling you, everybody would see just huge increases in energy levels and their mental state and their health. And I don't know, man, it's just, it's, it's sad. Like we, we literally have a society that's against all of us. Yeah, you know, poor health is profitable. And as long as it's profitable, and it's profitable not just in the food industry, it's profitable in the, the healthcare industry, right? It keeps the bills, keeps the lights on in the hospital, keeps the doctors paid, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I don't think it's – I think that's just facts. Uh, some people would call it conspiracy, but uh, but uh, if, if it wasn't, then we wouldn't allow certain things in our food that other countries wouldn't dare allow in their food. We got the – probably the most lenient restrictions in the way of food than, than any other country. Um, and that should be alarming to us all, right? You know, we talk about how, you know, we love our people here, but but how much do we love them? Do we love them enough to restrict some of this garbage? 
that that's basically like slow poison, right? It's basically like you're slowly poisoning yourself. But I, um, it's it's hard not to think that that there's some uh, intentional, um, you know, intentional action behind that when nothing, nobody does anything about it except uh, try to hide it. For example, the supersize, right? They don't call it that no more. Uh, now they just say large, right? But the, the, it's still in the it's same the box, right? Menu. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or diet or cooked with this oil. It's still a seed <laughs> yeah. oil. It's still yeah. kill you. Coke zero. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're never yeah. going to get that McDonald's sponsorship I wanted. This sucks, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to get that. You just wanted the free cookies, you fat boy. Yeah, exactly. Give me those cookies. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I, would, I would love a discount code from Whole Foods, though, if they're watching. Like, come on, right? My, my, my daughter calls I'll it Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ronnie, I think you had something. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, a lot of this goes back to remaining disciplined in just about everything that we do. And it's one of the reasons that we created this Resilient Mind program uh, in the first place is to help people become disciplined, regain the discipline that they once had. Uh, and, and that goes to discipline in every aspect of your life. You know, we're going to be talking about uh, physical discipline and we're going to be talking about food in that portion of the program. Uh, it, it really helps you. And I'm not saying that this is the end all be all program, but it's going to help recenter people and get them back onto a path where they have no choice, but to be disciplined in, in all of these areas. And, and food is one of them uh, where they have to look at what they're eating. You know, they're going to have to take some time and analyze everything that they're eating and putting into their body so that they can be successful uh, in this program. So uh, there's really no, no real solution other than using the tools that we have available to us and being disciplined in, in utilizing them. So anyway, I, I just wanted to add that in, you know. Yeah. Keep that crap out of the pantry. That's the only way to win, man. Like yeah. we're just not strong That's enough it, to have man. a bunch of yeah. bunch of Oreos in there. And it, it is challenging with kids, right? Like it it is. Uh but but I will tell you one of the things I noticed too throughout this process is very quicker than I thought, I I stopped missing these things. Like like I, I was really like at first it was like, oh, it sucks. And then, you know, maybe I don't know, maybe a couple weeks, I was like, oh, whatever. And then what I started to notice is, for example, like uh, like different fruits were so much sweeter than I remember them being because, you know, our taste buds were so used to this 46 grams of sugar in a Coca-Cola. Uh, but I just remember like the natural foods, like like honey, for example, right? It was like, whoa, this is a treat. Um, and I think, and I, you know, I, I think that's that's the the reason why these fruits are created and things like that is is we're on overload right we get so many you know flavors and so much you know you know sugar and and, and when we eat real food we're like ugh, this tastes like like garbage in reality what i notice is that over time when you start eating that it doesn't taste like garbage in fact your body starts to crave that opposed to the oreos the ice cream you know it's like Yes, I want these Brussels sprouts. What? What about the, you know that kind of thing? And 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 I think it's just really like like Ronnie said a little bit there is that if we just give ourselves an opportunity to adjust, um, you know, our habits. I think habits are a, a big part of this. You know, I'm in the middle of that book, Atomic Habits, right? Who everybody's heard of at this point. But uh, just create new habits, and then all of a sudden, you don't miss what you don't have. But the, I think I think we we shoot ourselves in the foot, so to speak, whenever. Whenever we, you know, we have a uh, a pantry full of, you know, let's just, for example, you know, chocolate frosted flakes, right? I guess frosted flakes now has chocolate frosted flakes, right? So, 
it's just really you set yourself up for failure. And then sometimes we like, well, I have kids. Well, kids are your kids. And back to Ronnie's communism portion of, of raising kids, they eat what you provide, right? Like if you're hungry enough, like you'll eat. So that's just really a cop out. Well, I got to get this. I got to get these Rice Krispie treats for my kids. And then and then about 1130 at night when you're watching a movie, you're like, oh, I guess I guess one of these won't hurt. And then, oh, man, that was good. I, I guess I could do two of these. Right. Then you go to bed. So anyway, you guys know the deal. But I think that's where we get ourselves in trouble. The communist states of Jeremy's house. I love it. That's the way to be. <laughs> yeah. No, it's wild. The um, the gut is completely altered uh, in people who eat uh, you know nothing but sugar versus someone who's mostly eating vegetables and meat. Um, the yeah. microbiome, the entire all the um, species of uh, bacteria that are in there are totally different. You know, in one person versus another. Um, and so, you know, there's there's research being done and actually taking the bacteria out of healthy guts and injecting it into people who are obese and have problems. And they're seeing really good results with that. I can share it with you guys. It's really interesting. Um, but I did want to ask you guys, as far as logging and, and having that discipline, right? As someone who's not as disciplined as I'd like to be, um, I personally have found pencil and paper and just writing it down and then sticking it on the fridge, you know, kind of my best method. Um, how do you guys like to track? Are you more of an app person? Do you like to use tech? Are you old school like me? Do you just keep it in your head? How do you do it? Yeah, I mean, so for me, you know, I, I came up with, especially for 75 Hearts specifically, I kind of came up with a diet plan before, you know, we launched we launched on this program. Um, I have used apps in the past. Uh, what I find is that um, I end up not really engaging in the app and then I kind of feel like I'm, I'm losing. And so I, I decided to cut the app out. I have a a kind of a pre plan of what I can and cannot eat. And I stick to that plan. So I'm not, you know, I have a, a list, let's say of, of foods that I can pick from and eat off of that list three times a day. And um, it's different for everybody. You know, whatever diet you choose can be something that works for you. It doesn't have to be a specific diet. Uh, like Jeremy, for example, was, as he mentioned, was on a really low carb diet. I was kind of on a quasi keto style diet as well, but you know, I allowed some carbs uh, good carbs, you know, if you will, into that diet. Um, so build a general list and sort of pick from that and didn't necessarily get into all the details of the tracking. Although if you have specific goals, I think it's important that you do track uh, exactly what you're putting into your body. So, Yeah, I, I agree with that, Dustin. And one thing that I had to do is I had to, you know, I use the KISS method to keep it simple, stupid method, you know, because I don't have a lot of extra time to think about some of those things. So basically if it's fried, it's no good. If there's sugar in it, it's no good. If it isn't real and it doesn't have, you know, less than four or five ingredients, maybe five is even too high. If it, if it wasn't real things that I could pronounce, then I wouldn't need it. And I think that just really kind of, cause even, even if you, you know, I'd, I'd much rather overeat cabbage, right? Like cooked cabbage than to overeat, you know, uh, sugar donuts. Right. So, uh, I didn't, I didn't really like limit myself. Um, and so I was able to stay full, uh, without all that extra garbage. So that's just kind of how I did it. Is it, is it, is it fried? Is it, you know, is it, does it have sugar in it? Uh, is it real food? And if it isn't, then I wouldn't eat it. If it was, then I would, I would eat it. And so that was real helpful uh, to start out with. I have used my fitness pal. I think that's the name of the app in the past, but Great like app. Ronnie said, I mean, oh, yeah. it's great. I just, I was never good at like, entering in everything you know and then i'll be like wait a minute did i have two of those or did i have one of those and then to be honest there were times and it's been years since i used that but there were times where i'd go 
does that really count? You know, you know what I mean? And so I wasn't being honest in that app. So I just, uh, when I, when I decided to do it this way, I just did it. I just try to make it as simple as I could. So. Yeah. And, and so my fitness pal is kind of what I use, but my approach is I just educate myself. Right. So, um, I, there are things that you will come across that when you're tracking, you will not realize how calorically dense they are. Great example, raw mm. almonds, very calorically dense, but a healthy fat. So it's a great mm. addition to your diet. So what I did was I got my fitness pal and this was before they required premium to scan your stuff to make it easy. <laughs> so like yeah. I would scan all my foods. I would track myself for exactly one to two weeks and I would figure out, okay, what's calorically dense. I would, I would pay attention to all the little details. I would say, okay, this is great for my diet. This is great. And I would just kind of keep it in my head. Okay, this is great. And then I go through the Yuka app and say, okay, this is clean. This is clean. This is clean. And I would get a list like Ronnie was saying, I'd get a big list. And then basically based on that, I would build myself out different types of breakfasts, different types of lunch and dinners. And I would kind of keep it changing day to day. So that way uh, the variance helps me keep uh, where I, I don't get tired of it. You know what I mean? And um, to touch on that, I had to start retraining my brain to think of food as fuel and not as comfort because I'm an emotional mm. eater. You know, a dad yeah, gets home, cool. he's tired. He's not drinking alcohol. He's not drinking caffeine. He's not doing that stuff. What's he going to go to next? He's going to dump whatever he can find in his mouth and he's going to go mm. for food. So those are things that I just had to educate myself on and figure out where I was weak and what I needed. And then once I did that, man, I was golden. Like I just, I can make my foods and I know they're safe. Uh, no additives. I know that they don't have anything hidden. I know that they're, they're healthy. They're not processed, you know, all that good stuff. And you can just kind of slowly clean things out as you go. Uh, and that's, that's how I do it. Yeah. I think 10 PM to midnight is the danger zone. I mean, <clears throat> for me, at least yeah. if I can, if I can make it through that, I'm good. It's just, you know, that, that time where you get, that little you time or me time, however you want to say it. And uh, you're sitting there watching, finally getting set, settled in and watching something like, you know what? Those chocolate frosted flakes, they don't sound bad right now. You throw a banana <laughs> in there, right? You throw a banana in there, makes the milk chocolate, right? Like you got chocolate milk when you're done and you start justifying all this stuff. But, but no, I, I think uh, I, I like that. I like that you, you know, you, you make a list and, and I'd like to get to that. I think one of the things I'm going to do even after we're done tomorrow is I'm going to start dabbling into intermittent fasting. I've been reading a lot about that and uh, and trying to do the, um, you know, the 16-8 to start to see how, you know, try to get used to that and and and, and make sure, you know, I think that'll be helpful too. I, I hear that it, it creates a, a a really good balance and, and it's really good for your insulin and, and all that good stuff. So, I'm going to, I'm going to dabble in that a little bit too. I think, I think I'm going to eat at noon to eight and then cut myself off at eight uh, yeah. because I'm a, I'm a late night eater and uh, that's not good because we go to bed. Right. And that, right. And it just lays there. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll piggyback off you. Then we'll go down to Dustin on, on the sure. whole tracking thing. So I, I actually yeah. have done intermittent fasting for a long time. Um, I am currently not, I'm trying, I'm working a new diet cycle. Uh, for a very specific fitness gain, I'm trying to. I'm trying. To, I'm doing the opposite of everyone. I'm trying to gain weight. <laughs> so I'm, I'm up five pounds uh, this Hard year, gainer. which for me is a lot. Um, so I'm almost 170 now, and but I've done intermittent fasting for the last four or five years, pretty much consistently all uh, 16-8, like you were just saying you were going to do, Jeremy. Um, I love it a lot. I think it's really good um, mentally. I felt sharper. Um, the only reason I'm 
came off of it right now is just for, like I said, very specific, uh, kind of like strength building, uh, goals. Um, but I'll probably go back to it, you know, down the road, but Anyway, if you haven't done it before, give it a try, everyone. Highly recommend it. Um, the hardest part, honestly, is just skipping breakfast, getting used to that a little bit. You can still have coffee with nothing in it. Um, so I'm a big black coffee guy. Um, so that that's usually the biggest adjustment for people is not having any sweets or milk or whatever in the morning. But um, <laughs> sure. once you get past that hurdle, I mean, you're basically just home free to lunch, and you can kind of pig out at lunch, honestly, because it, it's good for your body to have a huge meal after a fasted state. So also, if you work out while you're fasted, your body is more focused on um, you know, the, the trigger of the stimulus of the workout as opposed to like f- digesting food simultaneously. Mm. So, um, it's but true. I kind of do a mix of what you guys are saying. I don't use any apps for tracking my food. I just plan ahead. Uh, when we go to the store, I only buy the things that I need for the diet parameters that I'm following. Um, basically I have either chicken or steak with virtually every meal, a little bit of rice, a little bit of salad. Uh, sounds boring probably to most people, but I eat that pretty much every single meal. Uh, I've done that for years now. And then, uh, we kind of do the avoidance thing too. Just if we don't buy the the bad thing, uh, I don't have to worry about like being tempted at home, you know, so you win it at the store and then you don't have to win it later. So that's, that's pretty much what we do. Justin, what about you, man? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's, uh, just discipline, man is key. Um, I, I mean, I use the apps, I use notes with, um, with the, uh, um, sorry, Dustin, I thought it was me. Um, anyways, I use the, uh, the notes app with Siri. I just say what I ate and that way I can come back to it. But the biggest thing for me is no alcohol, uh, complex carbs only on days I do or train legs, which is two or three days a week. And then, um, just meats specifically fishes, chicken, things like that. And an absolute ton of those. Uh, and then, you know, green, uh, hearty vegetables, uh, leafy vegetables, things like that. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I just drink an absolute ton of water and I try to practice intermittent fasting as well. Cause it really, really does help. Mm. Good stuff. Good to know. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, and again, I, I do the paper and pencil, um, tracking, but I think the component that I'm missing is the big picture. Like you guys are doing where you go, all right, I've got three months or 75 days, whatever it is of, this is my plan. And these are the big components that go to it. And for me, I've just been doing day by day. All right, I'm going to eat this today. And then I don't necessarily keep up with it all that well, because it doesn't feel like there's a big goal that I'm working towards. But I, I really like what you guys are doing with the uh, the hard 75, um, because it means that I have a I have more to work towards by the week, by the month, you know, versus just trying to do it day by day. So I think that's going to be a component that's going to help me achieve success with that. So I appreciate you guys bringing that up. All righty. Uh, Justin, I think you said you had a, a different topic you wanted to approach, but before yeah, so I, wanted to, quick, I wanted to do a quick, quick time check. Yeah, quick time check with uh, Jeremy and Ronnie just to make sure you guys are good. We're about we're almost hour forty five into this. Just want to make sure you guys aren't need need to hop off to, to the families or anything. Good to go. No, All right, I'm good, man. I'm loving this. I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. All right, Justin, okay. shoot. So the biggest thing that I, I mentioned was water. Um, I drink when I'm disciplined and nicely focused, I drink an astronomical amount of water um, because it, it flushes your system. It gets things right. And to actually touch back on what Dustin was talking about, microbiomes in the gut and eating healthy. So what people don't realize is the lining in your gut, when you have that good bacteria or the bad bacteria, it can get trapped by the processed foods and all the different things. And it actually creates this layer that like keeps all the bad stuff down against your gut. And that's where you're getting a lot of those problems. So if you're, if you're drinking a lot of water, flushing the system, 
get that out and then doing probiotics and, and eating healthy, clean foods, you're actually replacing that gut biome. And then eventually over time, you're healing yourself back up. And then that just kind of goes through, as Callie said, the tree, you are the tree and it, it goes to each branch of the, the body. And, and that's kind of where it, it goes through. But yeah, water would be my thing because it really, it's what keeps me from eating crap. I shouldn't be eating. It flushes the sugar out. So I'm not craving it. Uh, but yeah, that would be my biggest pro tip for, for dads. But I guess to, to kind of change gears here, my question for you guys is, um, you know, for the, the vet dads that listen, I, what are the programs you guys have? Is there any program like we we're talking about nature? Is there an outdoor like nature's get lost program that, that works for them? Kind of go and elaborate on that for us. Yeah, so one uh, one of our our programs um, is uh, is Operation Jeep Build, right? And so what that is is it's a vocational training program in automotive repair. And what what we do is we seek out these old Jeeps that that maybe have been sitting in someone's driveway for years and that that, that want to donate. And we take these Jeeps back to the auto shop, and we have uh, ASC certified master technicians who train veterans who are interested. Uh, whether recreationally or maybe they want to they want to begin a career in automotive repair, uh, they get OJT right on the job training, real time training on how to uh, essentially we break these Jeeps down to the frame and we rebuild them uh, into these off road machines. And um, and as as we rebuild it all the way from the frame to the lift kit and to paint and to welding, all that kind of stuff. When we get done with that, we take these Jeeps out to the to the fields. Uh, and we go to, uh, we have about 700 acres in Southern Indiana. Uh, one of our friends owns that property. He lets us go out and, and we just hit the trails. Right. And so, um, we spend all day out there and it's a family, everything we do, by the way, uh, is, is family oriented. Uh, we, we want to make sure that not just the veteran gets what they need and that connection and camaraderie, but that spouses and, and, and children do as well. So, uh, unless it's something very specific and usually that's only one one portion of one of our programs where we don't invite uh, for for a session, we don't invite the family because generally it's unpacking, you know, combat trauma and things like that. Um, the family's always invited. So we go out, you know, we go out, we go through these trails and then there's a big clearing in the woods and we throw some hot coals out. We put a grate over it and we just cook on the ground. Right. So we make all this grilled chicken and, and, you know, we make food and we just, we just sit around this fire and eat and, get back in the jeeps and you know hit the trails again but it's just there's something about you know being out there in nature and then of course you know you have you have kids while we're eating and kind of you know talking and connecting you have kids running up hills or swinging on vines from trees you're just doing what kids should do right and so um you know we we really try to get out in the nature as much as we can that's just one of the ways we do that but also you know we have we uh we lead hikes you know we do ruck marches we like to do that uh, sometimes for a call, sometimes it's just small groups of veterans in our organization. We serve about, you know, 7,000 veterans just in this region. Uh, so sometimes they'll create their own event and go do a, a hike somewhere together. Uh, but we really do uh, promote being outside, you know, in, in the summertime. Uh, and, and we're getting ready to get started soon. Even in the late spring, we'll start doing like monthly cookouts. Um, and we'll go to different parks around the state and uh, we'll pick a pavilion. Uh, right next to the playground so the kids can play on the playground, the parents and the vets, they can connect. 
and we have a big grill out there. We invite someone to play live music, acoustic set, right? And uh, and we just we just break bread together and have fellowship and just connect. But you know, but the kids are able to connect too. It's important for for us to try to create these same level bonds with our kids as we have as as uh, you know, uh, either being in the military or just in general, just having those those level those authentic relationships. And we believe that if we can create that opportunity for kids to become best friends at seven years old, right? And they grow up together, uh, they'll have a support system when we're not here anymore. And that's kind of the, the, the forward thinking that we have as an organization. But yeah, we're always interested in getting out in the nature and, and just really getting back grounded in, into uh, the playground that God created for us, right? Like he knew what was best for us and, and we just need to get back to that. It's when we venture outside of that and we start to do man-made created things that sometimes we can, it can either be really brilliant or it can be, get us in a lot of trouble. So yeah, those are some of the programs that we offer. Of course, you know, we do the equine uh, facilitated mentoring, which is always outdoors in a barn, um, in an arena. And so we're always outdoors doing that too. Yeah. And, and just one other question. So how can non-veterans get involved? What can we do? Yeah. So really, um, uh, just show up, you know, um, you know, one thing we don't do is uh, we don't have anybody standing in the front going, hey, let me see your DD-214 or your your ID card, right? Here, here's the deal. In reality, you know, we're a ministry, you know. I mean, according to the IRS, we're a nonprofit. We're a ministry, and, and I don't really – it doesn't matter to us whether you served in the capacity of wearing a uniform or, or maybe you serve in some other capacity. Uh, we're people. We want to take care of people, and so, uh, so we never we never really – vet anybody in that way uh, we you know if, if you feel like you want to be there then there's some reason you need to be there and so you're welcome there so that's that's really how we do that um you know we uh uh we just we just want to get the community connected right we want to build community within a community um of like-minded people who are equally yoked who want to uh to to create a, a really good experience for their kids for themselves and and to uh, really basically do life together. That's our motto, right? As an organization is doing life together. And that's what we really want to do. And not just on the weekend or not just when times are great, but we want to want to be in the trenches together when we need to be. But also we want to we want to lift each other up when we can as well. So I think that's what God would want us to do. At least that's what he says in, in scripture. And so we're just trying to live that out the best we can as an organization. That's awesome. Ronnie, it's, I want to kick it over to you. What are your favorite programs that you guys run or that you've been a part of? So I think everybody's favorite uh, is, is really the equine program. Uh, that, that's been my favorite. Um, we recently did a survey to try to get some feedback. It seems like we get a lot of people that like the, the connection events where, you know, the cookouts, those are always fun where it's live music and you, you get to really interact with people and get some one-on-one -on -one conversations going, which I enjoy. Um, I mentioned in the beginning, I have a vocational diploma in, in cars. And so the Jeep build program is, is awesome. And, and um, the, everything that Veterans Club does and everything we do, we do intentionally and we do it well. Uh, and so I like all the programs and I like them. I like them as a participant and as a volunteer before I ever uh, became involved with Veterans Club, you know, on a board level. Um, you know, and, and Jeremy uh, didn't mention, you know, we also have uh, we do some disaster relief, too. And, and Jeremy and I, we, we spent 
a couple days down in eastern Kentucky following probably one of the worst flood disasters this century. Um, and, and so we, we get these veterans to come down and deliver supplies. And, and we're talking no electricity, 100 degree heat in, in early August in the mountains in eastern Kentucky. And so we get to spend some time outdoors doing that and also serving people well. And so, you know, for me, every everything that we do at Veterans Club, uh, we do well. I'm glad that I can say we now be a part of the organization. Uh, but but from the outside looking in, it's it's really always been that way, you know, so. Awesome. Uh, Jeremy, let's go to you first. Closing thoughts on uh, what what's the top one or two things from your perspective as it relates to improving our culture, kind of the topic, the overarching topic for tonight. Leave us yeah, your I'm, best I'm, advice. Yeah, man. Ron, uh, Ronnie, we're coming to you next, so get ready. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Ronnie gets gets the opportunity to think about this, but but no, man, I, I think I think you know I think number one being centered on Christ and, and what He calls us to do, I think you can't go wrong. It's a foolproof plan. It's whenever we try to do things on our own accord and with our own abilities or what we think our abilities are, we get in trouble. Um, but I also think leading our families by example. I, th- I think uh, I think walking it out though, uh, versus just kind of being a talking head, right? Just in your actions, I think people respect that more. I know I do. Like, you know, for example, if, if anybody with a memory, really, um, with, uh, with the ability to memorize things can memorize scripture. But, you know, how, how much are you walking that out in your life? You know, you should be able to see that in the life of someone. And I want I want people to not say um, that that I'm a believer, but I want them to say that, no, he is a follower. Right. I'm, I'm you know, I think you can be a fan of Jesus or you can be a follower of Jesus. And and uh and and i'd rather be a follower but but i just think you know setting the setting the right example for our kids but not just you know what i what i learned is you know that there used to be a a comment that was said like uh you do what i tell you to do but i think kids do what they see us do versus what they what we tell them to do and i think i think it's a lack of integrity if we don't try our best to walk it out and if we if we fall short i think we owe it to our kids as well to have conversations about Hey, look, I fell short today. I want to tell you what I did. I want to, I want to be honest with you and say, Hey, you know, this is, this is a the situation. This is what I could have done, but this is what I chose to do. And this is the consequence of it. I think, I think too often we want to be the hero and we only want to talk about the success, but I think we do our kids a disservice when we don't also let them see us fail and, uh, and to call it out and say, Hey, just, just so you know, I know that you think that we get it right all the time, but we absolutely don't get it right. And it takes the pressure off of them to be perfect. And then it takes the pressure off of them to when they do see things on social media and they go, oh, well, that's not real because I know no one's perfect. Right. Or that, you know, I just think I just think it sets us up for the sets the right tone for the family. But but, you know, I just for, for men, especially watching this and, and, and dads, you know, just don't don't sleep on the fact that that one of the, the biggest responsibilities we have as men and, and as as parents is to. Uh, is to be bold in our faith and be bold in leadership and to accept responsibility instead of running from it. You know, I think that's something we need to teach our children too, is don't run, don't run away from responsibility, desire it, actually accept it and use it and, and, uh, and grow. So uh, the biggest takeaway, you know, is, is, is really that is to just live, live out what you say uh, by example uh, to make sure that we're not, you know, saying one thing and, and showing the other. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, Ronnie, good luck. You got to follow that up. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, the whole time he's talking, I'm like, oh, that's what I was going to say. No, no. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, for me, I think um, if I if I could think of any 
any advice to give. I think that as men, our curse from Adam was passivity. And I think that we still struggle with that pretty regularly. And so my advice would be stop being passive. Look at areas in your life where you're being passive because we all do it. And any man that says he doesn't is lying because it's been happening since the, <laughs> since the garden. And uh, so stop being passive, take action, take positive action in your life, build your discipline, change your family. It's your job to do that. You're the leader of your household, whether you like it or not, you're going to be judged for that one day. So stop being passive. Um, and, and to Jeremy's point, you can't do anything without Christ. So the second piece of advice I would give would be to lead on Christ, seek his guidance in everything that you do, and he'll help you uh, become unpassive. And uh, he'll, he'll show you what you need to do and give you the tools and maybe even give you some challenges that make you, uh, you know, move forward on that path. So those are the two pieces of advice that I'd leave you with. That's awesome, man. Thank you. All right. I'm motivated. Let's do another hour. No, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no sleep. Yeah, yeah. No sleep. Yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome, guys. Thank you for that. And uh, let's go Dustin, Justin, and Brandon for closing thoughts. And then uh, we'll wrap this up. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I would say lean on your friends, you know, is the biggest one. Um, I so often cannot figure out a problem. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll hit you guys up and say, hey, I'm dealing with this weird issue. Uh, what do you think? And it just get, you know, it's incredible. If, if you don't use your resources and your network, you're completely missing out. Um, there are so many friends and good dads out there. And um, but but lean on the good friends, right? Don't call that friend, you know, who's going to give you bad <laughs> advice. You know, make sure you got to identify, you know, your, your, your guys who are doing well and, and have some good ideas there. Thanks, Dustin. All right, Justin. Got to enunciate my J better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's on me earlier. Uh, I don't know, man. I uh, I agree with all your points, honestly. Uh, I think centering Christ, I think, um, honestly, just uh, being present is something I always try to hit on, man. Like, you know, we talked about society. We talked about, you know, screen time, you know, even my one-year-old sees when I'm not staring at his eyes and when I'm staring at a screen instead, or, you know, if, if I'm doing something that, you know, is not something for him, he, he takes note of that. And that's just at one years old. I can't imagine what it's going to be at 13, 18, 20, you know? So I would just say be present in every moment because you never know if it's your last. So. Good deal. Brandon. Yeah. Uh, be intentional. Like I was saying earlier, intentionality matters uh, and it, it reflects into everything that you do. So uh, be intentional in every aspect of your life. Uh, if you don't know what aspects I'm talking about, sit by yourself and don't outsource and dive deep into it. Write a list, you know, really examine yourself. You know, God calls us to examine ourselves like we're looking in a mirror and to to really root out and kill uh, the bad parts of us. And, uh, you know, in my experience, it is tough to do and it's painful sometimes, but uh, absolutely necessary. You have to be willing to see uh, yourself die thousands of times to, to become the strongest version of yourself. So uh, for me, it'd be intentionality for sure. Awesome. Uh, and then I'll say, so this is actually ironically came from a reel that Brandon shared with us like two <laughs> weeks ago. Um, but it was about a parent saying their phone died at like their, their daughter's or son's practice or something. And so they had to watch the practice. Um, and all the other parents were kind of like doing this the whole time. So uh, that like made me think to be a lot more intentional about paying attention, letting my daughter see that I'm paying attention. And so today she had uh, her tumbling class, um, you know, before we, we did this and um, 
you know, I, yeah, I just put the phone down and after every single attempt at whatever exercise they're trying to learn, she would look at me and like, see if I was watching to give her like the thumbs up or whatever. And, um, you know, yeah, most of the other parents, they're just head down on their phone. And so, yeah, it's, uh, really just pay attention in those small moments. I think those, those little moments, it's kind of a mix of what Brandon and Justin were saying is it's being intentional, but it's also being present. Um, but those little moments are the ones that I think stack up in the long run where your kids are going to, you know, remember like, man, my dad was always there for me. And, you know, he was always really involved with whatever it was, even, even if you have to travel a lot or you are away from home a lot, those little ones that matter to them the most, um, are the ones that you really need to fight for and, and discipline yourself in. So, um, felt that one kind of matched what we were talking about, but Jeremy, Ronnie, um, any last closing things you want to plug for veterans club or things that we can be looking out for ways we can get involved in the, in the coming months here. Um, and then if not, we'll, we'll close. Yeah. You know, I'm just, you know, if there's any veterans first responders, um, who are watching, you know, and, and want to get connected. Uh, it's important to note that although we're based in Kentucky, we're not limited to Kentucky. If there's something you need, get a hold of us. We, we have a lot of partnering agencies around the country and, uh, and oftentimes we'll come to you or create an opportunity for you to come to us and, 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 uh, and whatever way we can. Uh, but, but, but stay connected. And then, and then really just want to encourage men to find other men who are equally yoked to do life with, because, you know, like, like um, uh, Dustin said, uh, it, it matters. Um, who you have around you absolutely matters. And uh, when we go off on an island by ourselves is usually when we get in trouble. Uh, and so it's just important to know that, that having authentic friendships isn't, isn't optional. It is a, is a mandatory thing. You don't have to have 20, right? Uh, in fact, if you're lucky, you'll have three. Uh, but, but you need to have something, someone who can, who can hold you accountable, but also encourage you and also be there to, uh, to be a, a, a voice of reason when, when necessary. But as far as Veterans Club goes, you can check us out on our website at veteransclubinc.org. We're on all social media platforms. We're very active. We had 213 events last year. There's only 365 days. It was a pretty incredible year. So we're always doing something. But, uh, but man, I'm so glad to, to be able to do this podcast again with you all. I, I really enjoy it. doesn't even seem like a podcast uh, just because I just enjoy the conversation with you all. So thanks for opening this space. Thanks for, you know, the mission and vision of the podcast because it's so needed in our society. And so I'm just honored to be a part of it. I appreciate that. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, guys, and and I would just say, you know, thank you. It's been great to be here. This has been a great podcast. It's been, you know, very conversational. I, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, so thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, Ronnie. Really appreciate it. Uh, so one more time, everyone, go check out Veterans Club. I believe it's veteransclubinc.org. Um, you can find them there. Uh, if you can't help physically, I'm sure they accept donations. So uh, please consider that. You know, it does take money to run events. So um, with, without further ado, then we'll wrap this one up. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, please follow our channel, subscribe, whatever on all the different socials and Spotify and uh, Jeremy, Ronnie, thank you so much guys. Really appreciate the time and uh, God bless you. And uh, we'll be hopefully soon here. We'll have to link up and do some uh, joint yeah. uh, event together. Absolutely. Let's do, Just let, let's do it. Let's make a plan. I appreciate uh, you all be praying for you. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, Good night, everyone. Take care. You. Thanks for watching this episode of the Present Fathers Podcast. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.